show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer episode 79. It's me, Russ the Faceville, and I am joined by James, the GT final champion Tinsdale. Hi, thanks for having me. That's all right. Thanks for coming back on the show since our uh, our deep kin chat that we had you on before. Yep. And obviously, you took your deep kin to the final and represented the faction you love. That's right. I did take some Ideneth. You know, in my idea, like Slanesh and Ideneth is one big happy family, so it's all really one of the same. So yeah, it's te- technically that's factually correct. But you didn't you didn't take Ideneth, did you? No, I took no. Slanesh. Oh, it's just. See, whereas I took the opposite and I went, I don't want to play Sinesh, I'm not going to take them. That's, well, that's fair. I, I and that's could... why I didn't win, you see. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. true. I think my Sinesh army would have killed more than Archeon when I played that daughter's army. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, I'll talk about it later because I'm bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've just come back from the Grand Tournament final. Uh, held at Warhammer um, Home HQ, Warhammer World uh, in Nottingham, um, which was kind of, I guess, the last time it's run in that format. I think, judging by what's announced today, yeah, and um, it'll be the last, the last what the traditional forty qualifying per heat entering the grand final. So, yeah, it's, it's the last of its kind. Yeah, and that's what I used to do back in the day before they stopped it before, so who knows, maybe it'll be back one day. Um, so, yeah, so basically the top 40 from each heat got to buy a ticket to this one. Uh, only about 70 players, I think, started. Yeah, um, I think what, they suffered a little bit, didn't they, because of Face Hammer, your event was the weekend before, which is always very popular. And they I, don't, had- I don't know, I don't, want to, I don't want to take the blame for that. No, and then London yeah. GT before it. But I think it was just a very congested, and not everybody can get three weekends in a row off. So even if people had qualified, yeah. maybe they just couldn't make it. You know? Um, uh, yeah, I think as well, like the um, some when because you restrict to those people, you're yeah. never ever going to get 120. Because we had four guys that couldn't make it from life. Just- you know, so and and they're not replaced are they? the tickets don't go back on sale so Richie, no. JP those guys they just if you can't go you you just can't go and you know like Tom couldn't go cuz he didn't qualify cuz he's obviously not good enough <laughs> no Mr Maudsley, no when we, oh. shame but he was still there though in spirit he should he should stick to not playing and just just walking around and telling people what to do the worst thing was though cuz he took didn't he take Skaven as well i think i, I, <laughs> I think he did <laughs> or did he take grief? No, yeah, he took Skaven. No, he it took Skaven, wasn't it? When he yeah. was in his four vermin lords. Mind you, Tony took Skaven out of shocker, didn't he? So, uh, um, face hammer. Yeah, Tony the first to admit that. He's just on the bottom row, like shooting someone up with storm fiends. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, like, my friend Sam was like, he'd lost three games, and he came in on the Sunday morning, and he was like, "How is my opponent Tony Moore with nine storm fiends?" <laughs> I was like, because because we all hate you. <laughs> I, 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 had to, I had to say to him, I was like, no, no, that, you read that wrong. And he was like, no, no, look, he just showed me the, the pairings, and I was like, Tony, <laughs> I was like what? 
he could barely tell me how many games he'd won because he was just laughing too much when I asked him. Oh, it was so funny on Saturday. I love it. That's brilliant. <laughs> Am I allowed to sit with you guys? <laughs> yeah. Are you, allowed, are you allowed to come back when you've won a game, Tony? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> no, sound. Um, yeah, so obviously we did FaceHammer GT the week before, um, which we'll probably talk about when the guys are on, so we will go back to that. We're going to mess around with the timeline. Also, exciting news. Uh, two new battle tomes have gone up, and I'm sure people who saw a new show pop up went, oh, is that the Oracle Cities review? Uh, no, sorry, guys, it's not. No, no, no we do like Oracle Warclans and Cities of Sigmar. Yeah, but we, we just haven't had time to record because we're at the GT final, and then uh, FaceTime of the week before... Um, so we will get to it. I'm hoping to get one of those shows in the bank, um, at the weekend. Uh, probably the Auric War Clan one because it, it's just an easier book to talk through because the city's book is kind of mental. Um, I might try and get Jack on for that if he's around. So this is an official invite, Jack, if you're listening. Um, a good pod. And I think if you're an Iron Jaws fan or, or a mixed order fan in general, these are the two books you're really waiting for. You've been on a holding pattern for a long time, but now they're here, aren't they? So it'll be a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, exciting stuff. Um, yeah. I'm quite looking forward to uh, seeing the meta shift with these two books um, for two different reasons, but we'll, we'll, we won't get into that right now because uh, I think the Sigma is as I go through the rest of the season, as more and more of these armies pop up, I'll be like, I'll get to remember old order units that I've never seen before. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm bitter because like my team kings are in the cabinet, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about it now. It's like I'm gonna talk about it now. I've got a high elf army that's in the cabinet, and I'm like, some of it kind of can't be used. And this new book comes out, and I'm like, you just basically legitimised what Byron was doing for like three years of just taking all the best war scrolls and putting them in a collection. Yeah, but now they all live in the same city. So that's different. yeah, they know each other, don't they? So it makes sense. Well, yes and no. They're all Hammer Hall Bros, you know, Hallow Heart. Great names. Yeah, I like the concept. Let's, uh, we'll see what it's like in practice. I think it's uh, it's cool, but it almost feels a little bit like opposite of the direction that they've done with other books where they, they've kind of legacied a lot of stuff and it's kind of not really been joined together. But I guess like, you know, the Dartling Covens and all that being joined up is a good thing. But it's uh, the, actually, I don't know, did you, at the front, did you go in the shop? Did you see the um, the army they had on display? No, I was trying. Oh, it's amazing. But I think we were just too early for it, weren't we? Yeah. Showed the video. I was hoping the other metal models were in the cabinet, just you know, on a whim. But I think obviously they probably won't put those out until pre-orders begin. Yeah. Well, the city's a Sigmar army was in there, so I don't know if you saw it, but it was it was beautiful. Everything that's beautiful. Yeah, but to to like a level where you go. Oh, those old models that have been around for years that I, I'm not really bothered about. And you're like, oh, that shit looks good. I know, they still look good. But, it, but I'm just going to say this now. If Cities of Sigma drops and Byron isn't playing it, what's happening? But he's got bone splitters as well. Well. And he's just got a trophy. His heart is with his birds. His flappy chaps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but It's time. He's back. And the, the best thing is... He's got models in the army that could just be like 10 war scrolls in that book, so he could just change it every game. Oh, no. <laughs> he's he's going to be so on it. He's, he's going to be like, these guys on wolves are this, this game. Next game, they're this thing. Then they're wild riders. Now they're they're Illyrian Reavers. Now they're demigriffs. I don't know. Like, 
And he can get his amazing dragon back out. Yeah, that's true. Come on, that's all I'm saying. And his birds, come on. He's back, he's back. I'm sure he will do those. But I mean, he might he might go all in on the bone splitters. Yeah, he could do, he could do. Who knows? Um, we'll see what he's, he's Byron's going to play. Rock, though, wasn't he? He's a, eh? bit, he's, he's a bit fatigued on the rock. Yeah, but you know. it's all changed now, isn't it? No, true, so, that's true, yeah. So it's all different. Anyway, we're not talking about it today. No. We're going to talk about um, the, the final uh, and what what happened in your, your journey to winning the trophy because you, uh, you won. I know, which is so, still feels surreal. And I'll just say now before we, we go through, like me winning is a big thank you to everybody who I've played with. Uh, Richie, who's put a lot of time in with me um, over the last year, you know, just just to get to that level of Warhammer work. Granted, I'm pushing around Slanesh, but you know what I mean. Like all the people you play with, that just help improve, and you don't even realise at the time. All my clubmates, you guys, everybody I interact with. So that that win feels like a culmination of the year journey, really, and learning from all the people that you interact with, that you get to know, the England journey we spoke about on the last show, all of that, really. So it felt for me like a culmination of all those things um, and the community coming together to sort of like, you know, showcase it all. Yeah, I like to think I gave you the last piece of the puzzle on the Saturday night when we're sat at dinner and you just won't shut up about all the permutations of Warhammer. And I tell you, just turn up to the table don't think about it and just believe and then you'll win. Yeah. Well, that was, again, that was great advice. That's what, that's what I always said. It's like, just believe, believe hammer. It's a Every, thing. Everybody helped, but I think Richie, so he's going to say a big thank you to Richie because he, he'll know if he's listening to this. So that was me and him play every week and he's a big part of my improvement and playment. Um, so, you know, big thank you from me, but it's a great, amazing to win. Um, and obviously to Brian as well for the, for sharing the list of face hammer, which he also came second at. Um, yeah. So narrowly missed out on first, actually. He did. He was, I think, he was like a point away or something. So yeah, one point. Very close from Brian as well. Um, he still he won all his games, of course. But yeah, it's one of those. It's, it was amazing to win, surreal to win. Because um, I'm so used to watching either yourself or Mr. Sava last year go up and get it. Um, you know, great players winning the event, and to be a guy who actually goes up and gets it is just surreal. So it was, it was fantastic. And obviously, Warhammer World makes it that a bit extra special. Yeah, I haven't won at Warhammer World ever, actually. Do you know what I mean? Events. Like you, yeah. you know, your former master, all these kind of things. So yeah. it's just really nice to have those kind of things. Um, and I was just like, I still even now, like, I'm still like, how the hell did this happen? But uh, I could just say two up slash. Did you, did you go in with the attitude you wanted to win? <clears throat> no, you know, I never did. Did you set a tournament goal like, I want to win this final? Uh, and Richie always gets on at me for this. But I, I always think my, my attitude is always one game at a time, play what's in front of you. Like, that's all I really do, because like, the problem is you can get to game four, right, and then just lose. So I think yeah. if, my problem is if I, if I fall in love with the idea of, oh, I could win, you bec- you care about it too much and you become too focused on it that if, if a defeat does come, you take it rough. You know, you can get your yeah. head down. You hold on too tightly to the yeah. idea of winning. So, sorry, AD Mac said before to me, great AD Mac, great sportsman, great player of, of old, um, still playing, still a great player. He said, um, hold on tightly, let go lightly, which I think is, uh, yeah, because is I, a great I mean, thing. You know, I, 
I played lots of great, and you, the more you win, obviously, the harder the games get, right? So you also get to the stage in games five and six where you're playing great players, and you both can't win. There's no shame in losing to a great player, right? If you, if, if, if you get beat, you get beat. You know, like, it's not, and you don't know the outcome of that match until you play it. So, and also the scenario... Well, there's no there's no shame in losing even by making a mistake, as long as you no, acknowledge no. that you've you've why you've lost and 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 take a positive action to correct that absolutely yeah and that's what we said didn't we last time on the deep can show like can't be yeah. to lose and you learn a lot from your losses so um you know i might have won six games at the gt final but that was because of probably come from a lot of losing so you know it's it fantastic to win i mean obviously i love the event itself um but yeah and it was it was a shame that none of the jp guys had, could make the weekend like we said before but yeah, it was amazing. And, and that's the great thing about everyone in the community, like yourself, Les, everybody's there. It's great to celebrate with everyone. And it was. It's very cool to win. And I'll, never, I'll probably never forget it. Yeah, well, that's great. I think it's well-deserved. Um, obviously put a lot of hard work in. And, and you know, you, it's clear from the, the events and stuff that you, you've been really kind of math hammering stuff and and really thinking about warhammer day in day out which i remember back in the day i used to i used to be thinking about it all the time and i just don't anymore honestly it might it might make me sound a little bit like i can make excuses but i I just it's just not on my priority list at that level where because because you and most because you've done a lot of it you kind of just relax into it and go i just want to enjoy myself really and i don't i don't want to and that is i do find that process enjoyable when you're when you're in that mindset and you're 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 constantly thinking about list matchup scenario missions combos and it, it that that mental exercise is enjoyable um but sometimes you kind of you get to a point when you've achieved a lot and you just go do you know what i i just want to kind of relax a little bit and not not think about it too much yeah um, i'm there at the minute now because i think after that win um it is nice, and I've got a Fleshit Quartz army that I'd like, you know, the, the, the Mordant's host play. Oh, that's a great army. I know. Uh, it's, it's definitely a player's army, that one. I love it. I know, and I have a lot of lists I'd like to play that obviously aren't competitive, probably aren't going to win a podium, but at the same time are going to be absolute blast to play. So I think now I'm going to ease off, play a couple of those, you know, take, take, you know, enjoy, enjoy perhaps the less, still competitive, of course, but like, playing more variations um going into the end of the end of the season and then just you know pick it maybe pick it up again next year with the reapers or something when i want to get a bit more serious so yeah it's nice to have that feeling so hopefully i'll have a little bit of that i think um that it's a great point that i i really like lists that are competitive but not not even not like top tier like to the point where you know that something's gonna gonna change or that everyone's copying it or um Something that's just got that that difference, you know, it's just a little bit different and it's a little bit kind of unusual. It doesn't mean that nobody else is playing it. It just means that it's not it's not the optimum choice. If you were going, I'm going to win this event, I'm going to take this, it's like a slightly weaker or different or quirky list and the challenge is then trying to win with that and I quite enjoy that. That's a good, pro- I like that process. Yeah, I really enjoyed that heat too this year. You know, going back to the Grand Tournament season, like when I took my night halt with Alinda the Black Coach, it was like, I know my list is far from optimal, but how can I win this game? And what can I do to win with the tools I have? Yeah. It's a challenge at the table. And you and you also, when you took that, you you were sort of going for the painting, weren't you? And you managed to get a nomination, which I guess you must have been over the moon about. Yeah, super, super chuffed with that. 
because I was I really wanted to get a norm. Well, you never know, do you? Because the standard is so high. And like, I mean, I I tried to kidnap Terry and lock him in a cupboard somewhere so he couldn't get. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> so yeah, it's a damn that man. So uh, no, I mean, and like, it's funny with like with like the Terry because he's he's so focused on painting since he's uh, given up his his it career to basically um paint for a living and do golden demon and all of that and gaming is a secondary and terry used to be all about the gaming i used to joke to him all the time that he never finished an army he never every army had something that was half airbrushed and just base coated and he never had a finished army and now it's like he's just like he just likes painting he just want and it's like painting a whole army is quite daunting to that level so he's just been like well i know it's not the best list but I've been playing with it, and he still he still beats people with that Nurgle list, and he still does well with it, and it's it's credit to him really. He's beat me with it. He knows it very well, you know, Terry. And on his day when I played him, he, he, you know, he's still a very good player. It's just yeah, he's obviously his his heart is with the painting. Yeah, he loves it as well. He loves that Nurgle army. I know he doesn't want to admit it, but he does. He loves it. He does. He's got a cheeky little smile when he's playing it. He's when he, last couple when, of, he loves it. When he does that mortal wound beam through stuff, he, that thrice fold, he loves it. And then the deadpan little Terry face when he goes, so well, that's nine mortal wounds to all those units in your army. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, we were all those sixes. Like, yeah. Didn't do anything with a stave. Loves like, it. Absolutely loves it. You go back and listen to some of our old catalogue, don't do that. But um, he used to always talk about his demon stories. It was like, yeah, made a regen, did that, did this, skull cannon, yeah, final trans, roll of six, took it off. <laughs> just just how he is. It's amazing. Love him. Love anyway, um, so uh, that was the kind of we talked a little bit general about it. And um, I'd just like to just say before we get too into it, obviously um, there were a lot of people missing, like a lot of the guys that, would have been called to be there and and because obviously like commitments and stuff it felt weird that like the the black sun and paul buckler and all that weren't really around and i think mike wilson was flying solo basically um from that area most of the dorset guys weren't around but it was um it was cool anyway because there was still quite a strong field like it yeah, didn't feel players there it didn't feel like a weak field did it so yeah because they've all they've all had to qualify right from a heat yeah so even though the players, you know, they've all won at least three or four games with their arm before. Yeah, exactly. And um, we, uh, so basically it was six games, which is kind of a, a little bit, it's cool, but it's also unusual because it's the smaller field that has the more games. So it it kind of makes it harder as well. Yeah, it's an endurance test, isn't it? Mentally. And anyone, in, anyone who's played a five-game weekend knows that the sixth game is really tough. Yeah, and I find it quite draining because the rounds are quite short. Two and a half hours, including deployment, is is short, especially if you've got a lot to deploy. Yeah, and I think that's um, that is another test because you have to be on it, and it's quite hard to be socially interactive with people like that as well, because you kind of have to just be focused on the game. And it, I find it, it's particularly it depends what army you're playing, but I tend to try and play armies that don't have lots of models. Yeah, you know, do what you can to make sure you get the five turn game in. That's why, like my Bloodbound back when it was all like infantry or my Legion of Grief, or whatever, it wasn't really um, conducive to that because yeah. you'd want to you'd want to play the full game, and then those armies were like they need five turns, and they're they're quite grindy and techy, and you just don't have the time to do that. Yeah, and you're reliant as well on your opponent not having a high interaction army. 
So yes. If you if you bring that, if I bring two hundred monks and I play change host, you know that's gonna that that game's not going to finish just because of the way those two armies interact in the draw. You know, yeah, exactly. And that's not on any player. It's just there's just too much to do in two and a half hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, the new tickets for Heat One and the new seasons on on sale. We were talking about it before we sort of tangented off onto something else but basically the um the premise is there's three heats um the scoring's completely changed um there's none of this like best paints best player you still get points for being courteous and things like that there's still i think there's still other thing painting awards and everything but they don't affect the gaming results um and you end up with top five go through to a special tournament um with the winner so you this yep. time um the new, all the new top five guys yeah which is basically like the new the new masters i guess or yeah. games workshop masters it's nice for moving into that base and trying to own it as well but it'd be great for the company to celebrate their tournaments like that yeah and i think there's no reason why there can't be two you know like it's fine yeah because so, the gw one is strictly their events right whereas yeah. ben's event is the entire calendar season including all of the independent scenes so yeah and i think i think as well with with ben um he you know obviously it's it's got that legacy of being around for this many years and it's you know i'm sure it will continue so it's not something that will stop so uh but the masters you know i missed it last year i would love to play in one of ben's masters and i really want to play in one so i hope that this summer i will i'm sure you will um, you could have the points for it for sure. I might not even qualify at this rate. I don't know. I need to start taking serious stuff. You'll be fine. Post Christmas, you'll be. We both know you'll be. <laughs> next, well, it's, it's just on um, next year because I, I think as I got I won Blood and Glory last year. I don't think I'm going to repeat that performance because I've just not got the list for it really. Because um, I'm not playing Sinesh. Sorry, but it don't count. No, that's fair. That's it don't fair. count. Put it in the bin, that's what I'm saying. I comment. <laughs> and I love Stanesh. Don't get me wrong, I love Stanesh, but I, I, do, I do agree. Um, uh, Yeah, so I, what did you take then? Go through, go through Brian's list, I should say, probably. Yeah, so this is, this all culminated from Face Hammer, where obviously me and Brian, uh, Mr. Wilson, and you're in you're, you know, the chat as well, obviously. We, you know, we discussed Stanesh a lot. I've been playing Invaders a lot. And I was like, oh, you know, and I've been painting it up. And I really, I was like, I really want to use it, but I'm running out of events. Because yeah. I know a couple of events left this year. Sadly, I can't make Blood and Glory. So it's like, you know, it's, I've got a couple of events left. I really want to use my Slanesh. And I almost did it for Blackout, didn't I? But I couldn't get it painted. And obviously, Brian was attending Blackout as well. And I was like, and, I, and so I just took my deep kin in the end, you know, because I couldn't get it finished. And then, obviously, with FaceTimer being so, so quickly around the corner, obviously, I, re- I came in my deep kin again. So I was like, okay, I need to paint some Slanesh up. But then Brian was like, well, what should you look? why don't you just take my list? You know, I can lend you the Hellstriders and the Ungors and then you've got everything else and you can off you go. And I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I thought about it for a little, for a little bit. I mean, you know what Brian's like, literally the next day he was like, I've already posted you it. Don't worry. Like, I posted you it. Off you go. So, yeah. like, so at that point I felt committed. I was like, okay, I'm taking them. So Brian's list is three, three big keepers. Okay. One is the general with the thrill seeker command trait where he can run and charge. Which is this is Godseekers, right? Godseeker host, yeah. When Godseeker host is if you complete a charge, you get D3 depravity. If you complete three charges in the same phase, it's D6. You also get plus one to charge, which is really useful in Godseeker. Massive. 
yeah. massive and, and and it really helped me in my fifth game um and then obviously so the first so he got one in charge command trait which only belongs in god because you can't really get access to that in the other two hosts so we got that one he then i take the essence of Volcatrix, which is like a little potion i think from akshi mm-hmm. uh, on a two up you can you hit plus one to hit and wound from two exterior phase uh, on a one you take d3 mortal wounds which i run a couple of which is always fun um but the good thing about it's more that, depravity right yeah, the good thing about that as well is, though, is you can then burn that. It's once per game. You can then burn it on the fame. Yeah. Which on a, so on a two-up again, your keeper can reroll hits for the rest of the battle, which is massive when you're fishing for sixes on a, gen, on a keeper of secrets. Um, the second keeper has the thermal rider cloak, which is, again, why we're in Akshi. So you've got the dual threat of one keeper who can run and charge, the other who can go 18 with fly and charge. Uh, obviously, both have the plus one from Godseekers. Uh, both have the Sinistrous Hand for healing up. Brian didn't run that. He he ran them with different ones because of the way his models are built. But I felt I had, my mom had hands and it was fine. And then on Shalaxi Hellbane, which I wasn't a massive fan of in terms of, like, I'd rather have a third keeper that you can customise. But mm. I took Shalaxi because I felt if I played the mirror, and obviously it's in Brian's list. I was going to say she's good in the mirror, right? Yeah, because Brian was like, she's good in the mirror. And obviously she's a, she's a hero bully, right? You have to, if you even if... Even if you don't engage with her, if you if you're playing Archeon or any big monster hero, you have to respect the fact that Shalaxi could activate twice into him with a flat six damage, and she's yeah. two and twos minus three six. Even if she degrades, it's still a flat six if it's a hero. Yeah, that's massive. Um, so that's my three, and obviously I gave um, Shalaxi and the general the pro- proge- bleh, progeny of damnation spell. Yeah, which it's the heal, yeah. Yeah, the D3 heal, but if it's cast on a 10+, plus, uh, you get D6 heal. So that was really cool, um, and I put some of the secrets on the thermal rider to try and get some depravity, which is the holy with an 18, you roll dice for each one on a 6, you get a depravity point, which I think I cast once, um, because it's very rare that that occurs. It's that you have to kind of get charged, and then it's your turn in your hero phase, and then you can try and cast it. But being in the realms is probably always something you prefer to cast more. Um, so that was that, and I had two little exalted heroes, uh, which are essentially just little spawn points for summoning, but one does have Cameo of the Dark Prince, my third artifact. So you burn that for a command point, which is really all you take it for. Um, yeah. but, but the other benefit is, if you're holy with an 18 um, of him for that round, you battle shock immune. But I, that never, ever came up. I mean, it, I completely forgot sometimes when my Hellstriders would die that they were immune by still roll battle shock for them, but it doesn't matter. Um, but that's what they're essentially there for. You then have three units of five Hellstriders, and 10 units of Ungor Raiders, and the two battalions, the Cybrite Battalion, which is all the heroes, are five in one, and the three Hellstriders are in the Seeker Calvacade Battalion, which essentially gives them a six-inch pylon, which is huge, because they can go 14, 20 with a run, pylon six with minus one rend, because I gave them the Hellscorch Spears. So that was re- they were really useful, so fast. Um, and the Cybrite Battalion, obviously, if you roll equal to or less than the number of heroes in the battalion, you get a command point, which in, in Godseekers is very important because they yeah. have the CP generation invaders and pretenders do. So actually keeping your heroes alive is actually quite important to Godseekers because they need to be getting two command points a turn, you know, Cyberite plus the one for your turn anyway. Um, it's that kind of trade-off. Do you want the speed and the depravity generation or do you want the control and the command point generation of invaders? It's that kind of trade-off. Exactly, because I'm used to playing my defensive, more defensive style invaders with, with Celeste and, and Raptorus and Epitome. I've got like eight to nine command points. I can go twice if you come into me. Whereas, mm. whereas Godseekers, you're kind of hunting things, right? You're aggressive. You're going flying. Um, so that was the list. My endless spells. I took the Palisade, 
I took um, the Wills of Excruciation and I took the Mesmerizing Mirror. So two of those are the Sonation and the Spells. Palisade is everyone's favorite from Malign Sorcery. And I took that because essentially it was le- legitimately just because I played Shootcast or KO and I'm a three-drop list. I could go first and put it down. Yeah. Um, Makes not, sense. Yeah, not necessarily in front of a keeper. More often than not, I do it in front of an Exalted Hero because I need that spawn point later on. You just need the depravity exactly. spawn point. Yeah. yeah, because the keepers can get shot, right? But as long as you don't line them all up together, the, you know, the, the shooting lists don't really get them all, and then you can get get into them, and then they're no longer shooting you, right? So Yeah, you, only, you could probably do them with just the three units of claw spears, and one keeper will probably take most of their army off. Yeah, we'll get to it later. Like, I tagged it, you know, you know, 20 judicators in the corner of the Hellstrider, you know, like, just stuff like that. Um, that, that you, Do they have to shoot the Hellstriders, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's just little things like that you can do which really help out. But the list itself is, like, super aggressive, super flying, um, a great list from Brian. The Ungor Raiders get a pre-game six-inch move, which, again, pushes back the KO drop or the Stormcast out the sky drop a further six inches. Yeah, and some of the deployment maps being diagonal... Yeah, uh, you know that's massive because you've got the depth then in the corner. Yeah, it just means you can't shoot me. Like yeah. That's inches just means you won't shoot me with anything that's twenty four inches. Uh, and because I'm usually lower drop than them, the KO can sometimes be a roll off, or depending on what they put in the boat. Um, and even if then they don't, you know, the way I've deployed, they don't want to go first. So they still let you go first and put your palisade up and you put the mesmerizing mirror and you put everything down and yeah, your health striders can then move obviously. So really good list. Super aggressive, um, and obviously being a deep team player, I like to play aggressive. So, with the just talk me through the mesmerizing mirror and the wheels of excruciation because um, when I, I haven't used those, I looked at my the Sunesh book and I looked at those and I am denied and I just I've seen the wheels used a lot for the sheer amount of damage it can do. Yeah, so the wheels are interesting because what I like to have them as utility piece because. The keeper, the general, can't fly. And the other one can, but most people are aware that if they just put their block, right, his big base can't land where it needs yeah. right? He can't fit. So it's a way for me to have reach over a unit into a hag or a chemist or mm-hmm. a, a blood secretor. You know, any kind of reliable support hero that I need to get to that I can't because I need my keepers to clear the, the numbers, right? So they have to stay engaged with the number threats, the numbers game. Um, but the keepers themselves... So these inner spells, can, so the wheels can go six within the keeper and then move 12 and it flies. And any model that crosses over, you roll six dice for that unit. And, you equal, and under the, if you roll under the armor save, it's a mortal wound. So really good against five-up models like hags or, and in some instances, just a couple chip a couple of wounds off a of blood yeah. something like that. Um, it, but it's the threat of it, right? You know, it... it it requires an unbind. People don't really want to do it. And once it's down, obviously, it can keep moving. So if you lose the roll off, you've got you still got options to finish someone off. So that that was the wheels. I didn't cast it every game. It's like I say, it's a utility piece. Whereas the mesmerizing mirror, I wasn't convinced at the start, but now I'm probably probably a big believer because it, it it's wholly within eighteen. You can set it up, and then it moves six. So twenty four inch threat range. And yeah. if it's within six of a hero, you roll six dice. And it multiplies the sixes. So if I get two sixes, it's two times two is four mortal wounds. And you roll for all heroes within range. And, right. it, and it moves in between turns. So it's like a, it's, it's, it's a nuke on heroes. Because you still get one or two mortal wounds, right? Um, 
And if any of the army start a move within 12 minutes, or a move, a charge, or as I found out of Face Hammer, a pile-in, um, <laughs> you, know, you take D3 mortal wounds, which you might think is nothing, but when a unit of 10 thralls moves away from it and you will that three, they're only bravery six, they're losing thralls on a four up in their own turn. So it's a big deal. And that it did help me out a lot against armies that had big bodies because they were really cautious about not having to take battle shot tests because obviously everyone loves inspiring presence. And if I'm draining your CP with the mirror, because you're having to inspire your units, then you're not using them for, you know, what you ultimately want to use them for and command abilities elsewhere. So it is a big, and it also it's blocker. It's a nice, it's a decent sized spell. So I can block if, if, if the terrain's correct or if there's places where I can move it into. Um, it can really hold up some armies if it, they can't fly. So they're really useful, those spells. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So, um, cool. So was there any missions that you were like, I really don't want to see that mission, like, because we don't know what the missions are going to be before we get there, do we? So, no, this was a hilarious factor, right? So, I decided on Sanesh because I wanted to play realm spells. I'd never used them before by Deepkin. I just watched others do it. I didn't have any endless spells with Deepkin, so I wanted to give them a go because, again, I watch loads of other armies. I play cast endless spells and stuff, and they go, oh, that'd be cool. And then I was worried that over six games with Skaven, Sanesh, you know, various meta armies, that the hero missions would be, I'd really struggle in with my Deepkin. Like, I can kill you, obviously, with my aggression and my, my, my Bhutan, but scoring the, the objectives with those three heroes is really difficult. And when I played Adam Hall at Facehammer, we had a great game, but the watching him run all three keepers onto all three objectives in front of my Deepkin with no real worry because of the Locust ability um, and saying, get me off. You know, the same way that Grisogor did. I just felt, oh, if there's hero missions it might be the difference between four wins and six wins. So I just thought, you know what? Let's go, Slanesh. At least in the hero missions, I should be favoured. And then I walk in and register, as we all did, and Mr. Ren went, yeah, we're not playing any hero missions this weekend. And I was like, what? You know, if I'd have known that, I might have taken my deep kid and we might, might have come last, who knows? But I asked, No total commitment as well, also. Yeah, no, it wasn't total commitment. So I was absolutely devastated to see no hero missions. So I was like, no! I was like, because my list is only like 15 models. I was like, the hero missions were like my gimmies, you know, like, come on. And then, yeah. so I was like, okay, well that's off now. So I've actually got to play six. And you know, and it was a great, it was a great mission selection, six multi-objective scenarios against slayers, Skaven, you know, all, all daughters of Cain, all the prominent armies, uh, with 15 models. So I was like, right, this is going to be more than 15 models. No, I've got, there you do. You got fifteen horses, ten ungorn free keepers. There you go. Twenty eight. Yeah. Well, let you know. Just double. That's almost double what you yeah. said. After turn one, the ungorn two units of house riders. <laughs> out. So. I mean, just fucking with me. It's fine. But then you know, but yeah. So I was, so I was like, oh no, this is going to be super difficult. So yeah, so I was sweating it at that point, but. There wasn't any missions I felt I couldn't play because I brought obviously a massive summoning pool with me of all my own models, which I've been painting up. Um, so I felt no matter the scenario, the great thing about Slanesh and the, the summoning is I can be flexible and adjust to it, right? If it's if I need bodies, I can get demonettes. If I need pace, I can get seekers. I can there's 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 so many things I can do. Um, so yeah, so I felt comfortable. And I just felt I'll just have to see how it goes because obviously this is my first tournament with Slanesh as well, as strong as they are. But yeah, so that I wasn't really scared of any of any mission per se. Um, po- probably knife to the heart. 
Yeah. But, but we didn't play it, so it's cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, should I talk about what I took? Do people care? Probably. Yeah, because your list, I think, is a great... It's not a counter meta, is it? But it's one of those that's looking to hunt some of the. Oh, meta- I don't know, mate. <laughs> well, I mean, it's in, it's I, favorites, isn't it? Like it's looking for them. Yeah, I um. So I was in a bit of a quandary what to take to the final, and I kind of wanted to play my flesh eaters, and I was thinking, oh, but what if I play the big S, you know? Um, and you know, daughters are tough still. And I was like, mm, is it if they're shooting for? Anti Sinesh, that's going to be good against my flesh eaters as well. So I was like, and I, was, I played um, a guy at the, the, one of the heats who had a blister skin Royal Mordant list, which I really liked. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, that would be a cool army. And then I was thinking, do I take a death army? But then Legion is not really tickling my balls at the moment. I kind of want Manfred, but I don't know. Then I was I was sort of walking around um, Facehammer and um, Les went. To, we were talking. To, I was talking to Les about it, and he goes, "Why don't you just take Mark's list?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Archeon list, Archeon Corn, it's great." And I was like, "No, I don't have an Archeon." He goes, "You can just get one and take your week. You could do it in a week." I was like, "Yeah, probably could." So I went over to Mark's table, and he was playing Brian at the time, and I looked over, and I'm like. Yeah, okay. Looking at his the table, going, yeah, it's all right, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I started thinking about it, and then um, Tuggy was playing a variant list of it, and I know um, Laurie's used it before, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I quite, yeah, quite like the idea of that, and I was like, yeah, I've got, I've got some element, element vouchers, bird in a hole, why not, you know? So I went and bought Archeon, pulled Mark to one side after his game, and and got the four one one on on what it does and how it works and all that kind of stuff. I went, yeah, fuck it, let's take that. So um, I took uh, Archeon, um, a Dark Feast formation with Slaughter Priest with Bronze Flesh, um, a Blood Stoker, and three units of ten Blood Reavers. Uh, a Blood Secretor banner um, in Reapers of Vengeance, which then you put the um, Skull Shard mantle on him, uh, which you have to take. And then I took a Blood Thirster of Unfettered Fury, which gives you the six-inch pile-in with the Crimson Crown, so you can um, uh, get his command ability for free each turn, and then he can also um, have the command trait, which allows you to unbind on a natural eight, and they take d6 mortals. Um, and then 30 blood letters, and uh, the hex gorgeous skulls, and also uh, Mark runs Geminids, but I don't really like the idea of spells in a corn army. Um also, I don't like the idea of Geminids hitting Archeon and making minus one to wound and turning his sword off, or, you know, um, minus one to hit on the blood letters or anything like that. So I'm like, don't really like Geminids in that list. So I decided to take the Rafax um, because I, I like the minus one to hit it does, and I like the fact you can do like D6 plus D3 mortals to a hero. It's very short range, but if they come within range and you go. I've got the Rafax off, I've done my D6 mortals, you take D3, D6, D6, you can actually kill big heroes or or like damage units like significantly um, 
with that guy and, and sometimes they bring on like a unit on the back like 10 guys and you just go d6 mortals rafax goes off down take d3 take another d6 you're minus one to hit and i just chuck my my hero in there with six attacks and you just go in and you just go well, okay i've just killed you but um so i took that instead because i one i had it painted in the scheme um and then i i basically painted archeon this week uh and the idea was I wanted an army that could fight. I like the techiness of corn. I like the resource of the blood tithe. I like the um, interruption or the gotcha moment in their hero phase. I quite like the tech of the piling and the positional play. Um, and you've also got the fact you've got Archeon. I mean, that's cool, right? So um, It's epic. Yeah. Epic. The model is insane. I remember coming over to you at Facehammer and you just sat with the box and I knew instantly looking at you, I was like, oh no. Yeah. Well, it's taking Archeon to the finals. I had a great time painting it as well because I, um, I didn't realise quite how nice the model is. I know that's stupid, but you, when you haven't built and painted it yourself. So I, um, people know my, my corn army is a concept army. And what I did is I decided to I used like a Sigmite statue on the base and did all the base and the lava and all that and I built it, I got home from Facehammer and I was watching the NFL I had Monday off and I built most of it on Sunday night and I was up to 3.30 in the morning and then I got up the next day and I finished building it, undercoating it, doing all the base and then I basically airbrushed and painted it in the evenings and I had um I also realised I didn't have 10 Blood Reavers, so I had to do another 10 Blood Reavers. Luckily, I had some in a bag. Um, so, a bag? Well, I knew I had them because I, 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 the models I had, I must have another 10 because they come in 20, right? And I was like, I don't know where they are, but what I did is I, 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 look, I went to my cupboard of shame which has got all the unassembled models in it. Um, and I was like, I can't see any corn boxes. So what have I done with that? Because no, I um, I realised that back in the day, I had this moment where I clipped everything off sprues, and then I realised life's too short, and I just started throwing them away. But um, oh. I I went to this box, and I pulled this Dark Elf Dragon box out in the old Warhammer box, and I opened it up, and there was a little baggie, and I could just see this little... Uh, blood reaver leg sticking up and i was like that's it there first box and i found them then so i built those but um i love that when you want to find something and you find it straight away it doesn't happen very often but when it does it's it's a good moment you walk um, up smile going i knew it was there all along yeah no I, I i don't have to lie to myself i know it was it was jammy um it, it, it all the times that you've got to find like a, a certain size base or a certain oh, oh I've got the sprue with that bit on somewhere and you'll just pull out like your whole cupboard and you realize it's not even in that cupboard and you're like oh I feel stupid um but yeah it was it was good I mean I I, I enjoyed painting it a lot I really did um the model airbrushed really well I I changed my method to make it more streamlined um and I decided to experiment with contrast through the airbrush uh, obviously, I'd already done it on buildings before, so I it wasn't like a total experiment. But I was trying to match my old method, which was a lot of inks and washes and with known oil and medium and brush washing and and dry brushing. What what I decided to do was airbrush black templar through the airbrush with thinner um, as my first black wash. Uh, it worked really well, black, and then so good. It's it looked it, paint. I, 
it's just and I went for it and it's a massive model I mean it's huge and I was like I got to do two dry brushes on this so I do Dawnstone then Longbeard Grey and I'm there and I'm and I I really like um I've got some of the series D brushes um but they're quite stiff and and I like the and the, you they're really good for stippling and they're really good for like panels and stuff like that. And I've, I don't have a small one yet because I had some sample ones. So I don't have a run to get in the, where I need to get. Um, so what I did is I used a Citadel shade brush because they're quite soft. Um, and I just, I literally just took my time on those dry brushes to make sure they were smooth. And I, I'm really happy how it came out. It's the texture on that model is just phenomenal. Um, and then I've done, I did like the sword in like um, non-metallic metals, but I did it as orange, like like the Everchosen sword. And, um, it's on fire, isn't it? It's a Slayer of Kings. Yeah, Slayer of Kings, mate, yeah. So he's got a big glowing sword. He's got glowing eyes. It's a, there's there's blood all over the hands of Dorgar. The lava's bright orange. And I've got the glow off the skulls and stuff off the back of the saddle. All the runes and, and yeah. And I went in with Black Templar and I touched up all the washing to get the recesses darker, um, to, to sort of pull it back from the grey spectrum. And I gave it an all-over glaze with uh, Black Templar with a brush as well, uh, with lots of medium. Uh, and, yeah, really happy with it. It, it looks boss as fuck. And, uh, yeah, I, I was always like, I'm always like, oh, I should paint one normally, shouldn't I? Uh, but I am tempted to do the sword scheme on all my blood letters. Oh, um, that'd be cool. Like a nice tie, like a spot color. Yeah, but yeah. I almost want to repaint my blood letters in the black, and then do like the glow from the mouths and the eyes, and then do the um, swords in the orange, and then their free hand or or whatever. Put the blood spatter on that or whatever. You know, um, I don't know. I kind of every time I think I'm done with corn, I just buy more. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens with corn, isn't it? Just- yeah. <laughs> good lists in that board that people just think okay well I'll get an exalted hero or a champion and put him in or I'll put Rathmongers in or there's always something you can add yeah I've, I've had the army since the starter set come out and I've played it through the wild west and I've I've played it probably more than any other collection of models I've, I've owned um, from a tournament point of view uh, even though I don't feel like I, I never really feel like, oh, yeah, I want to play my corn, I want to play my corn. It's like, oh, I, I can use my corn. But I always enjoy it, and I had a really good time playing with it at the weekend. But um... Well, first time we ever played, you might not remember this, but you, you were using corn. Yeah, probably. I've only played you more than once. I thought I'd only played you at Blood and Glory. No, it was a doubles event, and you and Byron played me and my Luke. <laughs> oh, man, that's why I don't remember. I was so drunk at that event. You deployed 30. This is back in the, in the old World West. Right? So you you deployed 30 in between <laughs> double damn terrain, victim, <laughs> plus one, damn damned, random 20, and then powered in and hit hitters and do mortal wounds on threes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so good, the bloodletter bomb. Thirds of our army? Oh, yeah. Hello? That, that doubles was amazing. Went to the bar to get a drink. Byron was like, sure, Byron was like, he was like, guys, I'm so sorry. Like, he's like, that's not normally how it goes. So I was like, it's all right. I love the fact he apologised for me. Oh, I know, it's so funny. Because he just, because he must have thought, we don't know who these two guys are, we've just taken the whole army off with this random unit that's like in between double damn terrain. Man, I don't even remember the game, that's how little like... And this was like two or three years ago, this is just like... I remember, I remember now you say, I remember the doubles, so I, I remember going with Byron and he had, we won the best painted because I had the 
the the grayscale red and he has the grayscale blue and yeah. the two armies in the cabinet looks amazing that was like me and Luke were just there with our hobby armies so like, we, this when we first started playing so that was years ago uh, yeah but yeah that that was actually, i remember you had your corn for so long yeah i've had I literally had him since the starter set come out the first aos starter set come out yeah and i i painted those i i I've won lots of events with them back in the old days, um, even in like under Mocomp and you know the, in the Wild West, and then from then I took them to the Masters. I I lost to Jack in the last round on the top table to his uh, Seraphin Abomination when he had <laughs> I heard about, about three hundred models. It was ridiculous, um, oh. and Croak and the Astroloth and the Starseer and an old blood and a formation and 120 saurus and 80 skink or 120 skink it was like what <laughs> and razor dons i think he had razor dons as well that's it for jack just finds a way jack just finds the thing that's broken and takes it and doesn't yeah. care gives no shit it's yeah. just like this yeah. is this is clearly wrong but i'm gonna take him advantage he just loves it yeah um, right, okay, so I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll have a little break and then when we come back we can talk about um, the games and like what what you, you sort of the journey through the event uh, and, and your thoughts about the list. Yeah. All right, we're back in a few minutes. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we are back from the break. So let's talk about our games then, because obviously that's people want to hear a little bit about what we played and what we did, or what maybe what you did. Don't really want to hear about me, but... <laughs> I think you're a good contrast to me because I'm playing the boogeyman and you're playing an army that is hunting the boogeyman. So, and we went on, I think we went on two different journeys because you had some draws that perhaps you were looking to avoid and I avoided some of the draws I wanted to, right? So, I think it's a good yeah. contrast. I guess so. Like, uh, I think uh, at any other given day, I could have I could have won the two games I lost. So, yeah. It's just, just how it is. Well, how, how about your first round then? Who did you get? Um, well, I'm going to call him Bald Liam because he reminded of my mate Liam, but it's not Liam. Oh, I think it's... <laughs> he looked like Liam Cook with no hair. It was really weird. Oh, yeah, but um, no, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh, Jack Jack Mayland I played, so uh, he had his uh, Beast of Chaos. So um, it was a pretty uh, pretty gnarly game. I can't remember um, what was the scenario. I can't remember what scenario it was. Um, the first scenario was it was the across the table. I want to say it's Battle for the Pass. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, because I deployed vertically across. I think it was Battle for the Pass. And and honest, honestly, the game, I was I was hanging out my ass because I'd been up since five in the morning with four hours sleep. So I, I can't, we had a good game, but. You know, it was fun. We had a bit of a laugh at that, and um, I managed to win that game out. But uh, yeah, Archeon died really easily. I seem to remember I lord. I was chatting to Dan Bradshaw in the bar, and I sort of said we were joking. I said, "Yeah, I'm not just going to chuck Archeon into the middle of the table and think he's a boss," which, which is exactly what I did, uh, and he died. 
<laughs> it was like, oh yeah, don't do that. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good game, uh, and uh, I managed to win out that game. But it's uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. I can't remember any any interesting stories about it, so I'll, I'll gloss over that one. But it was it was a good, it was it was fun. I did have a good laugh playing him. And then um, the second game, I ended up playing my mate from uh, Swindon, Carl Breakspear, in uh, Relocation or Boivis Fire Slayers. Mm. And I had to play my ass off in this game. <laughs> he had his 30 half-guard berserker list, 10 half-guard berserkers, tunnel guy, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I think I, I made him go first. Um, knowing that he probably couldn't get very far across the board and I could easily get three points taking it back off him just by running Blood Reavers and not fighting. And then, um, you know, if I if I if if he wins the turn and he takes it, he kills my screen and then I probably score another three points. Um, but because where it moved and so he had to he had to give me the turn because otherwise I score another three. Um, and then... I was I got to the point going into turn four, I was seven one up. So it was basically like he won the turn roll and it was like so you take the turn, you only score one, you lose. You give me the turn, I score one, I win. So it was literally like that was it. Um but I did this really cool trick. I lost like my whole army. My whole army got absolutely murked. But I basically the objective moved into like the bottom left hand corner. And Archeon, I just launched him up the right-hand side of the table to come around the back to come into all his characters. So he had to bring off the 10 half-guard over there to deal with Archeon and, and worry about that, while the big half-guard block kind of pushed him with the Magma Droth. I killed the Magma Droth with like, letters and the Blood Furster. And then um, he he attacked the letters and left like five alive, and I just went, oh, command point, make them immune to Battleshock. And then he won the turn roll, and he was like, and I was thinking, I can, you know, I need to protect my blood first because the objective moved into the bottom left-hand corner. So I thought, well, he could take that objective. But my blood first has an artifact, and I also had free blood tithe. So what I did is I spent the blood tithe to retreat the blood firster. Nice. And I ran him onto the within free of the objective, and then he was in combat with the blood letters, so he could retreat, but then he can't kill my blood firster. But he couldn't get twenty models in range, so he wouldn't be able to cap it anyway. Yeah. So it was like we him. You can't do anything there, you're not gonna get that off me. So he'd score zero and then I score three. And it was like Cause I gave I think I gave him the turn in that and then I retreated out and then he couldn't score and then I scored three and that put me on seven. Yeah, that's right. Um and then that was that was it really. But it was a it was a good game. I mean, it was uh, I got the luck with the objective moving away from him, which I needed because honestly, that half guard berserker unit, I just can't touch it. It's just like yeah, it's, it's horrific, isn't it? So um, then the third game I played uh, Steve Curtis with his uh, flesh eaters, and that was on the stream um, on Warmer TV. So you can watch that back on Twitch if you've got Prime. You you can sub to that, and um, I love playing with Steve. Always have amazing games with Steve Curtis, and um, he's he, he's probably one of my favourite people to play. Um, just we always have a really good tactical game. Um, it's really funny because Jay, who is um, who runs the Element um, Gaming Centre, he messaged me and he was like, "Oh, it was really good to watch that game." And oh, you, you was really sporting if you let him put those twenty goals on. And I was like, 
oh yeah because he forgot and then he said oh do you mind i said no go on that's fine and he did and, and then that was a big factor in the game because it was um that was battle for the pass i think that mission uh no oh no it was the diagonal like chevron deployment is that battle for the pass so he um he basically brought them on the back and got onto my back objective and um which I knew was going to happen. I had a few instances in the game which I think I could have pulled it in. Like there was a charge. I made like a hole for the blood first. And I thought if I got the charge, fight the blood first to kill the crypt horrors that were left. And then pile in when I charge the blood letters, leave them within three of the terror geist. Uh, but then activate those to go uh, twice. Uh, there was some stuff I could do around that, but it was it was kind of like I couldn't quite get that combo to work a little bit because I hadn't played with the list. I wasn't quite clicking with me at that point. I was still wasn't really getting my finding my feet with it because I played Fire Slayers, which is a bit of a weird game because I'm not fighting it. And the first game I was all over the place because I didn't really, I wasn't, I didn't really have the position all right. And then I kind of had to scramble and win that game after losing Archeon early. Yeah. So I hadn't really got a chance to use Archeon yet. So playing Steve was a bit of a um, tough draw because I didn't use him as effectively as I could I don't think I have to watch it back really but I think I did alright but there was a couple of things that just didn't go my way like I I did this um, move where I could I went in and killed the, did loads of damage to the flayers and he took all the flayers off um, but then I had the there was a ghoul unit which allowed me to pile into the Vargulf and I thought I could try and kill the Vargulf I didn't kill it but he piled into me and attacked twice, and I left it on the Vargolf on one wound. And if he had done, if I'd rolled a six on the save, I would have killed the Vargolf, which then would have left me free to go into the flayers to finish those off to get into his back objective and kill everything there. But wasn't to be. And then um, I had to basically bring Archeon, got pinned for a turn, and I had to bring him over into the other unit um, with the flayers and that retreated out and come back round with the terror guys and killed the blood letter and the blood firster. And I just thought I could go and get rid of that. And then um, I left like a flare on one wound. And then in the last turn, I had to like arcane bolt him off. And if I got that, I could get onto his objective and score four. But I just didn't get to kill that one crit flare. I just didn't have the points. And I thought I could summon some blood letters. But then I didn't have enough to summon a big unit. I could only summon like 10 or 5. And then I had a charge, and I failed the charge with a command point reroll to get onto his back objective to try and win his his main objective for four. So it was a really close game. Um, I had a few bits of positional play where the the bloodthirster went down. Obviously, Steve's played against that list a lot as well. Yeah. So he's a really good player there. He yeah, and he's played uh, Laurie with it lots of, like seven seven or eight times. So he knows the matchup. He knows the list. I've not really played with it before, so I was like, well, I'm kind of struggling to outplay Steve in that so he played really well um, and it's a good mission for him Royal Mordant's Blister Skin's got the movement there's objective spread around the table yeah. and it's amazing how much a difference that Chevron deployment makes for that mission yeah no, the fact that it limits you in right and you have to sort of come out just to the sides of your own deployment but that's a turn yeah so you can't just run onto the objectives no. turn one no so I had to burn like two command points on six inch runs with the Blood Reavers to get in range to cap them so i burnt two command points because he outdropped me so he gave me the turn so i had to burn two command points to score and then he immediately scored the same back anyway so effectively by the end of turn one the battle lines were drawn he was on the chance for a double turn he scored what i'd scored but i'd spent two command points yeah. so it really put me on the back foot really so um yeah it was tricky 
we were playing quite cagey, but it was a good game. I mean, uh, the the Warhammer TV guys come and said that it was uh, it was a great game to watch and stuff. So hopefully people enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I lost that game, so I was on two wins, one loss, uh, going at the end of day one. Um, uh, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I, I was enjoying it. I mean, I was having fun. So it's the first time I I had been struggling with a few things this year and haven't really been feeling myself. And that was uh, it was I think. Um, I remember I think Les said to me it was great to see you sort of back to your old self a little bit so I was like I was enjoying it it was good fun I'll yeah, come to laugh man I love it. Saturday night when we went for dinner you were quite joyous and like you know upbeat yeah you were helping you reassuring me <laughs> yeah and we got to talk about NFL and I took your advice and I shouldn't have listened to you man why what happened Brady and Edelman man they were awful I think between them they scored less than seven fantasy points. Yeah, New England scoring sixteen against the Bills cost Vegas a lot of money. Well, didn't. I knew, I knew that was good. I, 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 in my head, I knew that was going to happen, and I, 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 I had them convinced they were benched. And then you convinced me, and and you, I almost lost. I still won. I still beat Brian. It's fine. Anyway, we're not talking about fantasy football. <laughs> 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 a different podcast. Um. So yeah. Anyway, um, what did you? What happened to you day one then? So day one for me, you know, um, quite excited, running the slash, obviously, you know, super boogeyman for everyone. And I thought, okay, uh, Iron Jaws game one. And I'd messaged Wade because Wade was like, oh, you know, we're looking for people to come on stream during the weekend. And I was like, well, I, can, I know I'm happy to come on. I've been on before. Um, and I was playing Mr. David Ellis, who is Mr. Spadge in the Twitch chat. And I think has a good relationship with Wyman TV as well. When they saw it was drawn together, they just thought, "Get these, we love these guys, get them on. So I've seen a lot of people say that, oh, it shows the disparity between the books and all that nonsense. And I was like, no, I don't think so, because smashing and bashing ability that Iron Jaws have is a really good way to negate Locust. And especially when your Iron Sun's at minus one and you're one drop, you can really, you know, it's not, it's by no means easy, Right. Because all they've got to do is send five Brutes into five Hell Striders. And the minute they kill them, they can pick the Maw Crusher on the Keeper. So, oh, well, even if the keep the Maw Crusher's going last? Yeah, because I locust you, right? And then Smash yeah. and Bastion happens somewhere else, and now, the Maw, now they pick another unit, they can pick the Maw Crusher. Cause it yeah, immediately- because it doesn't... It, yeah. it says you immediately fight with it, so it kind of trumps your last. Yeah, so everyone's like, oh, you know... It, it, but obviously, David, I think, perhaps not experienced with the list, he qualified by leaders of Nagash, put his Iron Jaws on the line. So I thought, okay, well, I'll counter that deployment by putting my keepers on the line because I thought if he's, he's going to one-drop, his Gorgon just can be anywhere, he's going to run into me. So I thought, we're going to fight. I'd rather have all three together, rely on the Locust, and start chipping away at some wounds. And then I think David, he rolled a three on his hero slain from the Maw Crusher, which gave him plus three wound, plus three attack. And I think at that point, he decided he might go for the double, given the damage he had uh, on the Maw Crusher. So he gave me the first turn, which obviously was a mistake, because I sent all three keepers. So at that point, I just thought it's go time, and sent all three keepers down the flank into, took off half of the deployed units. Wow. Because, well, I just wanted to start racking up depravity quickly. Um, I guess his whole army is multi-wound, isn't it? So, okay, so I just... thought... Why give him more units to get the multiple wars off and have a chance for smashing and bashing? I thought, I'll just get him, start hacking away. And it just went my way in the first turn. He sent some units in on his first turn. He couldn't recover. And by turn two, I summoned three more keepers. And it was, it was game <laughs> three, three more keepers. Well, he'd killed two. 
and I had an extra one with me, so I'd, I had a hundred depravity, so I summoned three. But wow. it, but it was really it was one of those games where that is so stupid. But he, but he charges Morkusher him with ethereal re-rolling ones, and Shalaxi hit him with a spear, and he rolled a two. That was six fat damage. Then I rolled the two claw attacks, got six, generated another one. Rolled three to wound. Two, two, two sixes? Got two sixes. Oh, but, man. So he had one wound left. So I was like, David, I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm going to have to activate the more, uh, Shalaxi again. Hit him with the spear, twos, twos. He rolls a one. He's like, it's okay, I can re-roll it for my command trait. One. Rolls, rolls into a two, and it's gone. And oh. I was like... He never got to attack. No way, man. That's... It's just one of those games because, I mean, David's plan was like, it wasn't bad, right? The ethereal re-rolling ones, more crusher, can presume, as long as they don't roll loads of sixes to wound, can tank the keepers and then just take them off. Mm. So it's one of those games. I got fortunate in that instance, but the game... That's was... the problem. That is the problem, though, with keepers, because they just pop a couple sixes. You're like, oh, my God, just dead. Uh, yeah, and that was the first time I really felt the raw power of the general. I got my potion off. I burnt it on the fane. I ran him 20. He went in. He was twos and twos. And obviously, you can re-roll the hits. So I just... You're re- just fishing for sixes, were you? I just threw on all of them, because I was like... Oh, man. I didn't even think about doing that. Because if I get a one, fine, I miss. But... And the amount of sixes you can generate from re-rolling them, because because and also because of the fane, he's re-rolling hits all game. So I'm just going to keep re-rolling them. Like all weekend, I was like, I'm just going to re-roll them. I don't care if I get ones and twos. The amount of fives and sixes I can probably get as well. Um, it probably overshadows that because it generates another attack. So yeah, so that was that was in hand really quickly with David. And again, lovely guy. We had an amazing time at the table. It was on Warhammer TV for those that want to go back and watch it. Like it was amazing to play him, and I'm sure we'll play again, because he qualified with leaders of Nagash, but his Nagash list had gone up too much, and through his yeah. work, and through work, he just didn't have time to paint up a new army, so he went back to the Iron Jaws, because he's really excited about Auric Warclans, and wanted to get using them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was a great game. Game two, so I, so I, won that, so I got a max win, um, and I got my agenda and everything, and then game two, I had from the South London Legion, Mr. James Grant, who had Shootcast. So I thought, okay, here's the first test, because obviously Shootcast are one of the supposed strong counters to Sinesh, right? They can come down, shoot all the keepers off, um, and you never touch them. So I was like, this should be a good test. But as you said, we were playing Relocation Orb, and I was like, two, and I was three drops. So I was like, I can make James go first, and he's only going to score one. And because it's yeah. middle, I know I can score three. So I can get at least start getting ahead. Because I was expected to get absolutely cleaned off, right? Um, James had 20 Judicators. He had the four Ballistas. He had... Um, Liberators, uh, the the you know the ordinator, all the kinds of stuff. His anvils have held and hammer, obviously, so we can shoot yeah. era phase as well. Um, he put his ballistas and judicators in the sky. He deployed quite deep. He was obviously you know he's he's ready to shoot me. And then it's quite unusual. I'm surprised the judicators are in the sky. Well, there's unit of twenty of them, right? So he wanted to bring them nine away, I think, and just you know shoot straight. They've got a twenty four inch range and a four inch move, and then you can. You can uh, shoot in your hearing face twice. So, yeah, I think James was worried though because you're nine away from the line, and I deployed on the line. So I felt like I was trying to force his units in the sky because if if I went, I have choice of turn, right? So yeah. I could have conceivably just got into them with a big charge. So yeah, but not if you screen them with the um, libs. But I get six activations though. Yeah, that's fine. You all, just... all three keepers. Yeah, it's fine. You kill the libs. So what? Then you die. <laughs> Well, no, because I go into the libs, kill them with, with one keeper, 
The second keeper then piles into the screen behind, kills them. Then the other keeper piles in, he's still within three to go again. Like it can get, it can get mental if all three go headhunted. Yeah, but you just make sure you can't get within three of both units. So. Yeah, and, and James had deployed well. Like there was nothing there for me, so I was like, okay, I'll give you the first turn because obviously shoot cast players I felt want to bring the guys down. They want to start shooting you off. I've got three big monsters that they'd love to shoot. Either that, or you just deploy the four ballistas in a line, like in each, like across the back of the table, like in the in, and put the judicators up. Yeah. I don't know, but it didn't matter because I was three drops and James was like twelve, so he he was he knew he was going second, so wherever he put in the sky, uh, he was going to bring down. So uh, so we did that, and then it was the first time I got to move my ungors where it mattered because the judicators were now pushed six more back, all the ballistas, mm. and I cast, and, and I didn't get to cast a palace or anything in my team, because I gave James the first turn, and he came down with 20 judicators, he, he shot off some Hellstriders, because he was worried about their speed, and I deployed Hellstriders forward, obviously, and the keepers far, far back, and split apart, so there was never going to get all three of them. Um, so he shot all my battle line units off, and, and it was fair, he did, he did the right thing, he shot all my units off, all the Ungors, all the Hellstriders, essentially left me with five Hellstriders, two Exalted, and three Keepers. Um, but then this is where the run and charge Keeper comes in, so he got, you know, he drank his little drink, he burned it on the fane, and he made a long charge into the Judicators, and then just took 20 off in one activation. Yeah, so, we will. Yeah, yeah, but because of that now, the, the depravity train had started, so he started churning away, and James won priority, and he was like, I can't, he goes, I really need to take it, but I can't take it, because you'll score three again. So he's like, so I have to kind of give it away, because if I win turn three priority, i just win the game. So I was like, so he was like, right, okay, so he gave me the turn, and I started churning up some more liberators and stuff, and then the ballistas, and then in his turn, the ballistas adjudicators shot me again, but it wasn't quite enough. And I just ate the army. You know, um, the keepers just went nuts. I ate the army, and it was it was done. But um, but James was fantastic to play. Um, and he he was, you know, I suppose it's one of those things, keep, keepers, in theory, go down easy, right? But 14 wounds of the four, they don't, it's not really that easy. But no, I was going to say, like, Still even with... It, the thing is about the Stormcast army, you think, oh, it shoots for days, but they actually add up the output... Um, and the cost in terms of points to get that, and you like you've spent a thousand points on guns, and you probably you're gonna struggle to do to kill three keepers, you know, in a turn. Yeah, and, and they only need one turn to get into you, and then you're gone. And he really struggled with the magic game. I was, of course, he has no, he has what he had one encounter. Mm. I was casting spells and spells and spells, both realm spells, endless spells. Um, and he just wasn't able to, so in that phase of the game, he just couldn't contend at all. Yeah, um, that's the problem, and you don't have the you don't have the magic because you haven't got evocators or or you know night encounters, whatever. And then it, I, I don't know, Stormcast are in a tough spot right now. I don't. Yeah, a very tough spot for Stormcast, and I think James was running a, a good version of the Anvil's sh- um, shooting, but it just wasn't enough, and I and I won that quite comfortably in the end uh, with with another max win. Um, and then I went into game three. Now, game three was against Mr. Goldsborough, who was a, love, a lovely fellow that I played at Heat 1 with a gorgeous death army. And he brought a gorgeous Seraphon army with engines and Bastilladons. So I was like, here we go. Because he's able to teleport very close to me and just shoot me, right? And it was Battle for the Pass, so I was quite far away from him. Yeah. And I was like, Matthew's going to basically have freedom of the table all game. And he's going to generate enough Bastilladons turn two and three to start shooting my keepers off. And I don't really have the numbers to contest with these pesky skinks. So 
I decided early on that I was going to let Matthew go first, obviously, and cast because he was out of range, cast some spells, he summoned some skinks onto the middle objective, uh, which I was hoping he would do because I was going to use them to charge onto the objective to get more movement. You know, if he put the skinks across the middle to score both, I was like, hopefully he does that so I can then use that six, seven inch charge to get further up, um, sort of piggyback onto them to get that extra movement. So rather than taking two turns to get across, it takes one. So I did that. And then I ran my keepers at him and basically said, look, I need the priority roll. Um, and I, I won it and then went into the engines and just took took it all off, really. Uh, Matthew did what he could. He had Krogh, he had the slam, he was teleporting, he was summoning some skinks where he could. But he lost, but then I won turn three priority again. So one of those, I won two, the two first two priorities were big in that game. And they both went my way, so I was just able to mop him up. Um, Krogh is remarkably hard to track down. He can be a 450-point hero just flying around anywhere, which is quite annoying. Um, but Matthew failed to cast all his spells in the third turn and it just went downhill. Because um, once I took the slant off in the engines, there was no summoning for Matthew. So it was, yeah. it was again, really tough game. Like, it sounds more straightforward than it was. Obviously, I had to play very well on my deployment. I played very well with my position, my units. Um, I kept my exalted. I summoned some nets to create screens. I was trying to control where Matthew could and couldn't teleport from. Um, really good game. Great guy. We played before. We had a really good time at the table. Um, and I was actually really relieved to come away from playing those two lists 3-0 and um, because those they do counter me. you know. And if I lost certain priorities against Matthew, I think he probably would have taken the game. But... It went my way, and I was counting my lucky stars, and then that was it. Three and a half to day one, halfway there, and then I went out for dinner, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. There you go. Yeah, fine. Riding high, that that's an Esh win. Yeah, I mean it's, that's the thing with the army, right? Once I get into you, the three keepers just take you. Like they just, it's 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 un, it's just it's, it's you just can't take the damage. It's know? not interactive, is it? What's the problem? No, I know, and I had you know I had this conversation with some of my opponents, and I was like, look, you know. Because um, game four, we'll get to in a bit, but like, you know, it's it's so much, the, the locust is so strong. Once you're in, you're in. And the dread, the dread when you set the army up and you show them the three keepers and your opponent keeps asking which is the run and charge, which is the fly. They're so terrified of how fast they are and how, because they know once they get in, it's, it's, it's game over. Unless you've got shooting or a six-inch pylon, or go first thing yourself. You're basically, you you're basically done, aren't you? If you're playing yeah. a combat army. Well, I played three armies. I think that struggle in the activation wars, and I think that favoured me because had I played slayers or your corn or um, daughters of Cain with the sisters, there's a lot of armies that can combat me, right, or counter me that were looking for me. But I think <clears throat> even though I had the gun lines, I started to play very well to, to make sure I didn't get shot off, but it's obviously a lot more favourable for me, right, to manage the shooting rather than abilities that purely counter my army. So yeah. in that in that respect, I was quite relieved, you know. Did I get a lucky draw? No, because Matthew and James are good players, but then, you know, in the sense that it was the right matchup for me. You know, I got the matchup draw, really. So I was quite happy with that. But I knew the problem is being 3-0 and is Sunday is going to be a lot harder. You know, yeah. you're playing a list of one games as well, right? So I knew that going in, so I wasn't really resting on my laurels too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was day two then, I guess. Um, I had Ben Savar in Shifting Objectives with Daughters, um, and I was thinking, that's fine, I, I can play that, that's not a problem. 
and um, there was um, I probably touched on it actually. Um, it was the Robin Hood Marathon in the morning. Yes, and there was loads of dropouts and people that were late, but they everyone was told it was all very well advertised. It was communicated. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> the was on his microphone about five times, or you know, the last game saying, this "Yeah, it was on the projector." You know, it was yeah. It was. So it's why I knew I left like an extra half hour early from my hotel because I, I was in the centre and I struggled to get there. I got there literally bang on half nine. Um, mm. as of all the delays and I mean, I, had I not done that I, I definitely would have but, but I knew that it was half nine right like we knew all knew that it was half nine yeah but what I thought was quite good is that um, obviously like uh, Steve's sort of taken over the events team there and uh, in previous events there's been a little bit of shenanigans around turning up late to avoid a draw to then get drawn against somebody else because they've already been paired up with somebody else to then just play your game like 15, 20 minutes later and then have a potential easier matchup. Yeah, and I thought Steve did a fantastic job of running the event all weekend, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I do agree with that. He was... He uh, in the stream game with the draw. You know, um, he had Sam at the event from the rules team, from the studio team walking around, handing questions, making calls. Um, I thought it was fantastically run. A lot of the feedback that's come from this season, Steve's been able to take on board and, and implement. And you've seen that from the pack that was released today for the next season. Um, yeah, and I think he addressed a lot of the issues that previous Heats have had. You know, he's... Um, I mean, obviously, he's come in and he kind of had to maintain where it was and what the event format, because it's a season thing. So, But obviously, putting the agendas in, um, making sure they're on your list... Um, you know, going round and and checking, um, you know what what people are up to and stuff, and and talking to people and being really clear on the communication and the the consequences for being late. You know that 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 needs to be a thing. Um, and what's really good as well is like it might seem silly to say it, but moving the tables an extra two feet apart made the world of difference. I didn't feel like there's I was penned in. I didn't feel I was covered in boxes and bags. You know, just little things like that make a huge difference when you're in there for six games over a weekend. There was one row that was quite tight, but then the other rows, I, I even commented in the first game, I was like, oh, it feels quite spacious because I'm used to it not being that spacious there. And like I struggle because obviously I'm a big guy anyway, but I find the tables are very low and there's nowhere to put your stuff and it's hard floor and, you know, it's railway battles, which are hard tables that stuff bounces off and yeah. slides around and there's nowhere to put your books because the table's not flat. But I think he, um, it was a really, yeah, I just sort of say that it was it was a nice change to see like the top one, two, three and painting and things like that. And yeah, it was good. So Very well run. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to going to the heat in January. I bought my ticket today, so the pack um, really good as well. I know it's you know leaning on the design team DHP page as well, but it just seems so cohesive now that the events team and the design team are working together to deliver the best event. Yeah, and why wouldn't you run your game, your match play event in pure match play? Because that makes sense, right? Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. So um, Ben Savar shifting objectives. Um, I in my head I, I thought I was gonna be okay here. It was in the realm of Ashkey. Um he he had um his slaughter troop um list and um I thought yeah I should be alright here and again he could control the drop so 
he could force the turn, so he played very, very cagey. Obviously, daughters in later game are better because they get the buffs. Um, and uh, it was a. I took. The, he gave me the first turn, so I moved up. He kept Marafi small, and um, I was in unbind range. But then he doubled me back. Basically, um, he did make a bit of a mistake where he dropped the canary down in the middle. Uh, to try and like clear my reavers off and capture all three objectives, but Archeon was within six, so I just made him pile in six and took the canary off and got me a blood tithe, and then I spent a blood t- uh, command point just to keep the the five marauders alive, just so I had a scoring unit if I wanted it. Um, well, that's, he, that's a great thing about the crown as well, isn't it? People forget that. Yeah, it's a free command point for you in their turn as well. It's just in the yeah. round, isn't it? So you can just go okay. I'll spend it in your turn. I'll pile in six and get you because you're like, oh, yeah. Because you're thinking he hasn't had a hero phase yet, so he has to spend it. But you can do it in their turn. Yeah, so basically, if you're holding him in 16 of the Bloodthirster, you can make Archeon pile in six. Yeah. Um, and activate if he's within six. Um, just for people who don't know. Um, and the Crimson Crown basically allows you to spend that command point for free in each turn. Um, which is just great. And then, um, obviously, the Reapers of Vengeance at the start of the combat phase, you can spend a command point to fight twice, as long as immediately as well, as long as you're within three of the enemy after your first activation. So they can swatch, switch it off, but sometimes it's good because you actually want them to switch. They want you to take the ones out from free, especially around objectives and stuff. Yeah, it's um, if you do, damned if you don't, isn't it? Yeah, Same and sometimes what you can do is hit two units at once. And then you hit one unit, then you hit the other unit. Yeah, because some people, like the keepers, they want to take them without a three because the command ability is you have to have an enemy within three to use it, but they yeah. don't want to leave the objective. They're like, yeah. I do. It's the same principle, but the issue with the corn one, you've got to do it at the start of the combat phase, so you don't know, whereas the, the Sunesh could just do it after they fight. Yeah, that's right, retroactively, yeah. So... Um, you need a bit more planning with the corn one. Just a bit more of a player's army, really, just saying. Um, so, <laughs> off nine against Mr. Sava, who's a great player, as we know, and also defending Grand Champion. Like, with his daughter's list, that must have been hard. Um, I was comfortable with it. I thought I'd win the game fairly easily. Um, not to sound too arrogant, but um, I had a bit of a... I mean, it is, it's not going to be an easy game, but I thought it was the matchup was in my favour. Um, the objective, basically on one side of the table, I was double stacked on one side and the other side I kind of left because I didn't have enough bodies to really cover the whole board. And he had, he had basically, the objective landed on the far left side, which was the side I hadn't committed to very much. And because um, he got Parch off with Marafi, yeah. because he doubled me, moved out of unbind range and then cast Parch on Archeon, which basically meant that he was half movement. And then I tried to um, shake it off of his roll, but I didn't get that. And then he, the objective landed on the left side three turns in a row where I wasn't. And I couldn't get across to capture it. So he'd scored nine on that objective. And it just, I just got, the mission got away from me. He did put his slaughter, a slaughter troop unit fully buffed into my Archeon if he hadn't got the parch off I could have just launched Archeon into his unit and taken it off because he didn't have um, the re-rollable daughter save on oh the blessings okay 
he didn't get it off on the first two turns. He's so unlucky with that role. <laughs> I know. He was saying before the game, like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen again. And he rolled it and rolled it. And he was like, no, no. Um, He's and, cursed with that role. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, well, it could happen. You know, it's just odds, isn't it? And he, to, and he was like, no, no, it's not going to happen. And then um, it was quite funny because he put, like, his... his uh, is uh which which is sister slaughter into Archeon and I was like and the Ravax was there and he said like buckets of dice, you know, like re roll into wound, re roll into hit, re rolling daughter save, all all the stuff, you know, just roll dice, 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 dice. I like roll my saves. Right, okay, two up, re rolling ones, you're minus one to hit, every six does a mortal wound back. So I do ten mortal wounds back to him and I take two wounds. Yes. Um- then I go twice. People forget just how tanky he is. And I'm like, and he's like thinking, oh, oh no, this is not going to go well. So I roll my attacks and I get like four, 11, like I do like 15 wounds with the Slayer of Kings, all five hit, all five wound, go all go through. And then he rolls his daughter's save, takes two models off. Which is, I mean, that's classic Hagnar, right? Because it, but, it's great. It's, it's hard for Ben because the mind raises ineffective against your army. Yeah. But the problem is, it's like literally I attacked with Archeon six times and my Bloodthirster of Unfettered Fury f- twice on that unit of 30 sisters and I killed 21. <laughs> I mean, if you actually do the math... Benjamin was loving it, but that is horrific. He was just like, I can't believe this. He literally rolled so hot. I mean, it, it, he, he acknowledged it as well. But, I mean, I, and I said to him, if, if I dropped that unit that turn, it was my go. Archeon goes onto the other onto the other objective and just clears that objective off. I just win the game. Yeah. He can't... Because Archeon literally can just delete those units. Um, He only got one hag. He's only got one immune to battle shock. He's only got one reroll wounds. He's only got one, one unit's buffed, one unit isn't. So whichever unit isn't buffed, I just go into it. Yeah, that's the problem with the, with the shifting objectives for the daughters list, right? It can't be everywhere, and no. it needs to be at least on two, potentially three, if it needs to make a late game yeah. dash. So you can just sit there and wait and go, well, which ones are you going for? And I'll play around your cauldron. But I, I basically committed to two of the objectives because you've got to keep that corn army tight, and the main objective just landed on the other side three times in a row. And I was just like, well, what can I do about that? There's not an awful lot I can do, and I didn't win the centre. And um, that parch spell meant that I couldn't get Archeon across. Now, I actually did it. When he captured, because he, I had Marauders over there, obviously, and then he ch- did a charge, and he, he had entangling terrain. So he, he was like, I'll run. I was like, yeah, minus two. And he was like, oh, I've only rolled a one, so I'm going to be at, like, you know, he was like, oh, I'll spend a command point. And he was like, I'll charge. I was like, it's minus two. And he's like, oh. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll re-roll it and whatever. You know, so he, he got in... And then he measured the distance to Archon. He goes, so your move is half move, half, you can whip him, he can run, um, you know, so you can basically worked out my distance. Stayed just a little bit outside my distance. Um, and then I was like, cool. And I had enough blood type to move Archeon in the hero phase. The problem was, is the whip guy wasn't, wouldn't in a position where I could move that way and still get whipped in my movement phase. Yeah, but if if he was, I could have got into him. Because you need the whip. Yeah, 
because you need the reroll wounds, but the plus three to your run, and then you you run because Parchus is half your move. So I imagine you add you run your roll you'd roll your run and add the distance, and then you half it at the end. Yeah, because I think that's how it works. The run move is the move, right? It's your move yeah. and the run combined, so you would half. Yeah, so twelve goes down to six. Yeah, the run plus the run of a six plus three is nine. So you're on nineteen inches, goes down to a ten inch move with a six inch piling. But if I could move in the hero face six, then that that suddenly goes from a sixteen inch fret to a, a twenty two inch fret. Yeah. But I couldn't move the full six with the hero phase move. I could only move like four, and it was I was literally half an inch short. <laughs> well, I mean, he did measure it. So without that mud tide move in the hero phase, yeah, there's that is that is gutting because. But again, that comes down to the realm spells. Like how how do but, you find they they like. Did they change your game a lot, or did they improve? Well, that that lost me the game. That part spell. Yeah. Without that spell, no problem. Yeah. Like that literally cost me the game. I because nothing I could have done about it because no. he he was in unbind range on the first turn, then he doubled me, moved out of unbind range, kept Marathi small, and then used her to cast Parch on Archeon. I failed. I couldn't unbind it because it was out of range. I failed to um, shake it off, and that stopped Archon Bay to go and get his other witch unit. So, yeah, and that again, people forget how good Mini Marathi is as, as a caster because you normally just see her transform straight away. Yeah, um, but as a caster, she cast three spells with and can double the range of them. Yeah, that was the problem because it wouldn't have been in range otherwise. But it's it's a thirty-six inch range, so she's fantastic in the realms if you don't need to transform her, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean. He played well. Um, I got unlucky in the middle, got unlucky with the drop of the objective, so I lost that game as well. So I was a little bit two losses, two wins. So I'm thinking that's basically any chance of a podium gone now, basically. Um, yeah. So it was just playing for lols then. Um, then I, I played a guy called Travis with Fire Slayers. Um, Slayers again? Yeah, but this list was, it was Greyfeard, and it was like 20 Volkite, 20 Volkite, 10 Half Guard, you know, bit of everything. Okay. And... It was quite an interesting list, and he, he had the buffs and the magma drop and everything. But because it, the mission was um, a total total conquest, it's quite a hard mission for him because he can't really spread out and take... Uh, he should have kept something on his... He could have deployed a unit near one of the objectives, but he balled up on one side. And I just literally shoved Archeon up that side and went, gone then. And um, I messed up. I had my Marauders and they blocked Archeon piling in. I couldn't get his base in. So I was like, all right, fair enough. I messed that up. Um, and then, again, like you just kind of that pie plate base, just kind of visioning that slide round. I just I had one Marauder just slightly out of position, which blocked the move. Um, and then he, he moved up and I was thinking, oh, I'm still going to win this game on the objectives, I think, but I'm a bit... A sort of bit of misplay, and then it it was just kind of I did some really nice combos in this. Like the the Rafax went off and killed the banner, which dropped the save. Archeon went in and killed the twenty Volkites, and he went into the back. Archeon in this game killed twenty Volkites, ten of the guys with a shooting attack, the Magma Droff, his um, Grimrath Berserker, and his um, Lord, whatever the main character is with a Latchkey axe. So he killed all of that. Um, and I did this combo where he had the, the half guard and he, he moved the character up behind them. And I, I basically put my blood letters and my... And there was a command in terrain. So I farmed um, command points for three turns. 
and I had um so I farmed command points for three turns. So I had like five or six command points and I literally just moved ran my blood letters, moved up my blood firster with the ten half guard with the character behind. I just went right, double a pile in, go twice. And I literally piled the blood firster into the half guard, but let about half an inch away, attacked, then immediately piled in and attacked again, piled in slid round within reach of his hero, killed the hero, dropped his four-up save. He attacks me back and takes off some damage on my Bloodthirster. The blood letters pile in and just delete the unit. Yeah, they will do. You know, without the save, the render, the mortal wounds, the blood letters, just so effective. And at this time, I was getting my banner in range. I was I was keeping my Bloodthirster within range of Archeon. I was, um, you know, everything was kind of in my head. I was like, I know how to play this now. I know how to keep all my buffs in range. I had my Rafax down for the negative to hit. I was keeping, I had my buffs going off, and and I found it was kind of starting to click with me a bit. Yeah. Um, and then last game, I got the ultimate gift. I played Sunesh, <laughs> and there you this, go. This was it, right? And um, that he he kind of. Um, ended up playing like the Face Hammer crew on the Sunday. Played Terry in the morning. Then he had a five-minute game with Byron, where Byron basically said, "I'm gonna have like 200 wounds on your army. Do you want me to keep rolling dice, or do you just want to?" And he just went, "No, it's fine." And he just conceded. Um, and then he played me, um, which I, is a bit of a, a bit of a tough a tough draw for him, but. Um, it was a nice guy, but I think he was he'd won like all his games like at that point and he was thinking, Oh yeah, I'm in I'm in here, I can do this, I can get through this. Uh and then it all went went horribly, horribly wrong. Um well, Ar- which was Arkin could take off two keepers if you're not careful. Yeah. Because he goes immediately, right? So he does a six inch pile in, he'll kill one, then he can pile in again if you have the keepers next to him and immediately attack and take the other one off. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So when I played, I played Matt Walker basically um, with his Sunesh, and um, he only had one, he had one keeper in Pretenders. Oh, uh, was it the only keeper? Yeah. Then he had the Epicurean Revel. Revelers. And he had yeah, with yeah. The yeah. And he had like sixty demonets, like thirty, twenty, and a ten, something like that. Yeah. And then some in double in Rapturous, contorted epitome. Um, and um, to be fair to Matt, though it was it was it was quite interesting because he uh, he he I gave him first turn. I went, yeah, off you go then, and he just launched his keeper down the side of the table uh, with his pit of me behind it and stuff. And I was like, yeah, cool. And I was like, um, I basically then went right, okay, so I'm going to do my combo. I went so whip Archeon, move him over, that run Archeon next to the keeper, just outside of three. And he's like, "Yeah, cool." And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna make him pile in six. And he's like, "Yeah, but you're gonna go last." I said, okay, you're gonna make me go last. He's like, "Yeah, you go last." I said, "Cool." Um, so you activate first. And he was like, "Gonna go to move." I said, "Hang on, you're not within three, are you?" When he goes, "No," I said, so "You can't pile in, can you?" He was like, "No." So you done your activations, and he was like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, you're going first, right? So do you have any combat?" And he was like, no. Well, I will fight you. I'll go first when you pile in. I said, yeah, but I pile in when I activate. 
And he's like, oh. Forget because a lot of people play it thinking, oh, you pile in and then I get to hit you. But it's not because the pile in is the start of the attack sequence. Yeah. So he just he just was like, really? I was like, yeah. And I, I was like, <laughs> I was he, like we had a bit of a conversation about it. And I said, yeah, this is how it works. And then he was like, oh. So you're going to hit me first? I said, yeah, 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 I'm going to hit you first. So I could just go to him with his big sword and I just go, dead. So, but I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him, like, double six him. I just I just killed him. Yeah. So he got loads of depravity. So I was like, oh, fair enough. It doesn't get you with the reroll the wounds. It's still minus two, three damage, or minus one, three damage. It's minus one, three damage, five attacks with corn. It's minus two on the cores, isn't it? From the and it's two, no, it's minus one. Oh, okay. It's just rend one, no rend. That's the problem, it doesn't have rend. But the problem is, it's like, you roll to... you Because you're corn demon, you re-roll ones to hit. Oh, so your okay. claws and your sword hit on twos. Yeah, we rolled on ones. And then you re-roll to wound because you're whipped. Yeah. So it's like, and you've got a bronze flesh prayer on for a two-up save, and you've got mystic shield for re-roll ones. Yeah. So you've got a two-up re-rollable save with hitting on twos, re-rolling ones, and re-rolling to wound, and you wound on threes. And, it, and you've got plus one attack on every profile. Wow. It's just amazing. And, and I literally go in and you can pile in from six away. You can run and do it. Its threat range is like 27 inches because you run 19. Um, so it's 12 plus the six. So it's 18 plus the three. So it's 22 plus you pile in six. So it's like, it's just ridiculous. It's like, it's, it's just like, um, so 21, then it's six. So it's 27. So it's 27 inch threat. That is insane. So, when you think about it like that, it's insane. That's it's amazing, right? And then if you've got blood tithe, you can do stuff like you can move him, launch him into their army, fight, and then in their go, you're gonna he's gonna die. I'm gonna spend I'm gonna spend my free blood tithe that I just got killing all your units to retreat to move him before you do anything. Yeah. And I'm just gonna run away. Yeah. And he just slingshots back into your army. Back in range of the of the whip, waiting for your next turn. Back in range of the whip. Back the back over. So important. Back over the bloodless blood reaver screen. <laughs> Such a big base as well. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. But anyway, so I go in and I just I just murk this guy and he was like, right, okay. And then I set this up and he he summons some fiends and he he charges the uh, the contorted epitome in with the sword of the anti heroes. Oh, I see. Sword of Judgment. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. yeah. Sword of Judgment. So he goes in, pops a couple sixes, does seven mortals. I save a few of them. Then I just go, I'm going to hit it back. I just like, fish for sixes, dead. <laughs> yeah, that, the thing is, he's got a five-up save, seven wounds. Archeon will just kill it anyway. Sixes are those, <laughs> dead. Then I got, the, I got the turn, and I just went, so you're in Rapturous and your Demonettes in the middle of the table. I'd already killed, like, 11 of them with the whip on the blood firster because he did so he wanted the mystical save and then he rolled it and i was like well, you got to take the ones within an inch of the terrain which then left a hole in the middle of the unit which then he had to lose another group then he lost some from battle shock oh, but... so it's like that's not really what you want to be doing and then i i went i went in and i was like if i kill your heroes you just lose yeah. So I Archeon went over the top, went into the Enrapturous and the Demonettes on the objective, again, doing the same thing. Stay outside of free. I did double piling, and I did the Blood Firster double piling on the other Enrapturous with a six-inch piling. And I was just like, I was going to do the Blood Letters, so I'm not even going to bother with the Blood Letters. And the, 
the bloodthirster just went in, killed the um, enraptures, and then swung again into the demonettes and just killed like half the unit. Yeah. Took a couple wounds there. Then Archeon just went, kill that character, kill the 20 demonettes on the objective. And it was focal points. And I just scored all four objectives. So the middle and then three of the outside ones. And all he had left was 20 demonettes on an objective with no characters and three fiends that he'd summoned. And he was like, I think that's probably game. And I was like, yeah. Uh, But it was a good it was good we had a good laugh we chatted a lot and he was it was kind of nice to get revenge for terry because uh he, he lost to matt in the morning so uh it was it was good it was good fun but he's a nice guy actually um he's sort of gonna be um you think he's gonna start a youtube channel so if that gets off the ground maybe i'll sort of uh give it a plug or something later but no it was good fun and his missus was there and we were doing a bit of banter and chatting and stuff and it was it was nice because he listens to the show and that so hi matt Thanks for the game. Yeah, sorry, but uh, you were the you were the one per. The, I was waiting all weekend to do that to someone. Unfortunately, it was you. So you know, it's. Uh, I thought it was going to be me. I thought I, I wanted to do it to you badly. I, I get Ross, and he just takes off all three keepers in a turn and goes, uh, "Your game, mate." <laughs> Turns out you got to win games to get to the Sinesh table, so that's the problem, right? Well, I was on table one all weekend, so I was open for business. You know, I didn't, yeah. didn't see you. Yeah, I can get there, man. I got, I got, I got. Steve, Steve, then Ben is a tough draw. Yeah. Getting those two is a crazy draw. Both, especially Ben's list against me would have been. I would, have, he would have brutalized me with his yeah. sisters. So yeah. And then, then fire slayers twice as well. It's, it's. Uh... Well, I'm glad you took that bullet for me. But the thing is, I was so relieved. One of the things about my game one was it was on the stream, so I wasn't really paying attention to the hall. But when I came off the stream. I was like, wait a minute, have all the Fire Slayers lost? Because it's battle it's scorched earth. So they struggle to get across the table, right? So a lot yeah. a lot of them dropped that game because they can't really protect their back four and if they don't if they come up your four. So I was like, they've all lost. I was like, right, as long as I don't lose, I can I won't play any Fire Slayers. Yeah, because if you get that thirty half guard army, you're just down, aren't you? Them. Like you can have all the keepers you want, but they just spend a CP and take your keepers off. You know, yeah, home guard just go, don't they? So they don't. They're like, do you want to roll your two up? It doesn't really matter, and then they just kill your keepers. So I can't yeah. really combat it. So that was scorched earth was probably my knight in shining armor in that first round, to be honest. Yeah, and then shifting, and then relocation is bad for them as well if it doesn't go their way. Yeah, so I was quite made up with that. In fact, a lot of the missions were tough for fire slayers. Yeah, that's the thing with the fire slayers. Everyone talks about the unkillable unit, but there are three or four scenarios that just really punish them. And not because they're slow. They're, they're deceptively slow, right? They move forward, sure. They've got a run charge prayer. They've got runes. They can unpack the castle if they want to. But they can't be everywhere at once because they do need to stay together for the synergy. So that's the same in my corn army, really. It like, needs to stay together. Like, what do fire slayers do in Total Conquest? They kind of have to sacrifice the 10 Volkites or the other 20 Hearth card to go over and get it, but they can't really hold it, right? So, yes, yeah, so they get it for one, and then you kill him, and you get two, yeah. and then you've lost the unit of half guard. Yeah, well, were- so that's why I don't, I don't think Travis was wrong in the way he played it. The problem is, is that he, if he had a good, if he had a, if he wasn't facing Archon, he probably could just go in a big lump and just go through that other objective, and then just swing round like a big, like kind of ginger pendulum type thing. Yeah, but uh, I think the problem is, is that Archon could just stand there and go, yeah. I don't care. Do you, I'll just kill you. It's fine. It's um, so, isn't it? Like, it, apart from when I played Carl and 
Archeon died to ten half guard because you know <laughs> that can happen. They're still the yeah. two damage base. Like I mean, he doesn't. He's not that tanky because he doesn't have like an after a traditional after save. He's got a, a mortal wound save, but he doesn't have an arm save and another save. No, he kind of pays the penalty, doesn't he, for being a three up twenty wounds rather than a four a three up with like fourteen wounds and a five up shrug. You know, he gets that extra six wound buffer, but there's no. You know, yeah. He only has the wound shrug rather than a, just a general shrug. And the most, there's like when I played Ben, like when you, if you do, if you kill a model with his his jaw attacks, the bites, the heads, <laughs> you can do like a D3 mortal wound or you can do a, a thing. And his hag was in range. And like literally after the six rounds of attacks, I didn't kill a single sister with those, those mouth attacks. <laughs> so that's, what is that? Seven attacks times six. On on fours, re-rolling ones, freeze, re-rolling with one rend. Didn't kill a single one wound model. Yeah, just brutal. just ridiculous, right? Yeah, brutal. I mean, but what was a king do do that? I mean, yeah, but not that was a bit lucky, I think. Yeah, it, it is. It is right. But the daughters, if you play six games, they have games where they spike it because it is five up re-rolling. Every one in three games or so, you should have a spike, right? It's just the way dice go. So they, they do get it more often than people realise. And I think it, if it does happen, it can be brutal because then the, the damage back is just, it's, you know, which is the system. I get it, like, in one round of combat or, like, in, but but over three turns, six rounds of fighting, Something it's about- like it needs to average out at some point, right? Well, you'd say that, but I lost every single priority roll on the Sunday, so... But it doesn't matter, because they just go last anyway, right? But when does that happen? So many games... I've had it happen to me. I just have a priority roll. Yeah, you're like, why are you making me play five turns? I should have won already. I'm just like, so you summoned it all back, okay. Well, If I win a turn roll, I just win, right? But you're going to make me play two and a half hours. How uncourteous of you. You just want to win a priority roll. I can't believe you've got all these favourite game votes. I reckon it's the selfie power. Well... You're like... Pre-game selfie. Sports vote in the bag. No one who's ever played me knows I'm quite thematic at the table. Quite <laughs> no. Oh, that's so easy. I honestly that's thought, easy. though, when the results came out, that I would have, like, one sports, maybe, and, like, zero favourite army. Because you're playing Sinesh, and it's not super interactive with the Lucas, people just be like, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed playing him, but the army was a bit horrible, and it wasn't my best game. Um, and I, I fully accept that, because I brought Sinesh with that in mind. Um, and then I was just, that's why I tweeted saying I was absolutely four game sports votes. I was like, blew my mind. I was like, what? But yes, yeah, so I just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just what people voted, isn't it? I had no idea what the vote was like because I was worried that Terry would, if, I didn't know how many games Terry had won, but I assume he had six favourite army and then I was shocked to see he only had four. So anyone that mm. Terry this weekend that didn't give him a favourite army better have played the other two because, like, there's so many good armies, but I played two that were nominated, so I felt compelled to yeah. them because I'm like, they're gorgeous armies. And some people vote tactically, right? But I was like, well, no, because I played Matthew Gosborough, and I was like, his army's up nominated for best army, so how can I not vote favourite army? Yeah, exactly. You know, you- I think I it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, um, I found it quite tough, actually. I I mean, for me, I gave Ben Savar best army because he was nominated. But his army's gorgeous as well. And then, like, Carl Breakspear was nominated, so I gave him a best army. And then I was really struggling with the sports because I was like, I had a good game with Ben. Um, I had a good game, a really good game with Steve. So he he banked that straight away. 
I had one left, one vote left, and I was like, who do I give it to? Who do I give it to? And I kind of went, well, actually, I had quite a good game with Matt, and Matt was like, um, took it in his stride, and we had a lot of banter and that, and it was fun. And I thought, well, actually, I've already gave the other guys a point, so I'll give it to him. So I was just like, that'll do, you know, that'll, that's my point. So um spread my points out a little bit, you know. But I didn't, looking at results now, like giving my point to like um Ben, put him above Terry, and giving my point to um uh Steve, put him uh above above me. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, thoughts on my vote for it, because I just think, you should be voting for who I always give my two sports to the, my my two most tactical toughest games, and I always yeah. like regardless of who that is, whether they've beaten me or whether I've beaten them, um, it doesn't matter. It's like because I think that's in the spirit of the tournament. And if I if I become third or I come fiftieth as a result, then fine because ultimately those people have genuinely played a great game and they've been really lovable yeah. table. And I shouldn't be sat there going, oh yeah, but if I give you a sport, you might finish above me. Like, I just think like you just give the sport both and be authentic and just go, if you do, if you, if you do that, then when you leave the tournament, you feel good about it. You're like, well, that's, yes. that's the honest table. Everyone, you know, and I know loads of people that talk at the minute about sports and all this rubbish, but it's been around since the age of time. And I always think the onus is on the... Well, it's in the pack, right? That's the format of the event. You know what it is. Um, Everybody's got I... sports votes. Vote for who you want. Whatever your reasons are, fine. Try and be honest to yourself. If you're happy to give it to your mates or you're happy to give it to somebody who you thought tactically might not finish above you, then fine. But ultimately... I think eighty percent of the hall are playing in the right spirit. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I mean, like I could have, for me, like legit, like I think I I gave the points to the people that I could have. I mean, like even like my first game against Jack was really good. So it's like, really tough to pick a good game. Like I enjoyed all of them. I had a good game with Travis as well. You know, it's just like it's 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 tr- tough. Yeah, it's really tough. Yeah, it is, it is. And I could have given a sports to all six of my opponents. Like, no joke. And I'm playing Slanesh. Everybody took it well. Obviously, I had some really close games, both with, that, both with Andy and George at the end. And like, and everybody um, was was playing in the right spirit. But I find that with the Sigma community now in general. Everybody I play now, I have really good games with. I generally can't remember the last time I had a bad game. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, I, I've I've had a few during the Sigma years, but they're uh, collected around certain groups of individuals, which I won't name, but there you go. Um, but yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I mean, I, I actually, like, playing Ben was great. We had a good laugh, actually. So um, it's nice. It was a lot more... Like, we played... I mean, the first time we played was at Firestorm, I want to say. And it was... I don't know what it was. It just felt a little bit tense, but it was, it was really nice and chill, actually. But it was still a good tactical game, so... Um, Steve, Steve still like still love playing Steve. It's great. But anyway, what happened on your your day then? What was your your path to victory? Well, so Sunday morning I rocked in. I had Mr. Sam Loving, who I've who had played my brother at Blackout. So I joked saying it was personal, you know, doing the old diehard quote because um, because he, <laughs> he beat my brother at Blackout. Um, uh, and you know, Sam, if you've not played Sam before, Sam's a lovely guy. Um, He's been playing his uh, organ gun evocator stormcast list, you know, for a while now. I think. Um, yeah, I spent a bit of time chatting to him in the queue on the Saturday. I don't really, don't really interact with him before, but yeah, he seemed like a good chap. No, lovely, and a really good player. It solid measuring, really accurate with everything on the table. Got all his markers. He's a really solid player. 
Um, but ultimately for him, and we said this after the game, because he was like, oh, is there anything I could have done differently? And I was like, not really, because Stormcasts are in a place now, especially with Sam's list, where he has the 15 evocators, where he's at the mercy of my locust roll. Yeah. And he had Gav, but he just couldn't come in. Because um, if I rolled two up, it's not only the unit gone, it's also depravity for me. Yeah. So he, yeah. I mean, he played it great, right? He teleported his five liberators as, as a sacrificial lamb onto the three objective. He scored five turn one. He was doing everything he could. But by the time I got to mid-board and then into him, um, it was just too much for him. There's not a lot really he can do. He can't outrun me. He can't outmaneuver me. It was shifting objectives. He had to be central of the board to score. I was just summoning onto the objective, and the keepers just basically took his whole army off, really. Um, yeah. Like, he got his agenda, and he was playing well. Um, and I certainly look forward to playing him again in a rematch, perhaps with more a closer matched armies. But I just felt in this one, the matchup, it was just a really bad matchup for him. Um, yeah, because uh, Evoca is, you know, he's invested six hundred odd points into that group, and he just couldn't in any way really. They couldn't really affect the game, you know. When you've got six hundred points that just stand on the sideline, it's it's too much. So that was a, it. Was a really not straightforward, but it was a solid win for me. I felt you know comfortable. Um, there wasn't really anything Sam could do to, to, to challenge the the keepers. So that was a major win. Um, uh, then I went to game five. Was the yeah. was the mirror? So Mr. Andy Hughes played a couple of times. Played at Six Nations. We played Combova uh, last year. Um, you know, we always have great tight tactical games, and I, lo- I do love playing Andy. It's really it's really thought through, really good games. And obviously, he was running Pretenders with two keepers, Uber Keeper, Epitome, and Rapturous t- thirty twenty ten nets. He's run that list before. I think he came third. He three with it, right? So, and we were in Shaish. So. The mirror, the Shaish played a massive part because the ethereal spell, Knight's Touch, yeah. um, he cast it on 30 demonettes as a screen, which was a, obviously a great move by him, but re- I mean, it just meant I couldn't come into him. It just swings the, it swings it so yeah, much, doesn't it? I can roll with sixes I want, right? But if I take off 10 to 15 nets, the other the other 15 nets can go twice into a keeper. Yeah. Um, and that's if I roll sixes, right? I might not. Um, obviously Andy had just been on stream and won every priority he won every priority in our game um, I did have a turn 2 into 3 setup where if I had won priority the game was over but I didn't um, and Andy was able to, to, to summon everything back but it was kind of cagey because it was total conquest and I think Andy lost it and we acknowledged this after the game um, because it, we lost by one point and we, we sort of talked through turn 5 but it, was, it wasn't quite clear that Andy could could win the game and it was clear that i could definitely take two so we felt and credit to andy he was like no i can't really establish that i can win so you, you can have it i mean i was up by one but obviously anyone's played me they know if andy could if it was clear that andy was going to win i would have hmm. said obviously you, you know we don't we don't have time for turn five but you won you know uh, yeah but it wasn't the case and credit to andy because it's tough right when you when you're four and oh to say that's somebody so massive credit to him um and i gave him my sports vote because like, you know it's a very hard thing to do um, but again, at the same time, I was ahead. I was in control of the game. Um, we were very cagey, but in, in deployment, Andy put 10 nets on the far, you know, the shallow conquest objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put all the rest of his army in the corner, which obviously he has to guard against my keepers. Because in the mirror, I've got more keepers. And I've got Shalaxi, right? And Shalaxi is great against the keepers. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's like the X factor in the mirror. Right? Minus two end, you get no save. And I can go twice with her and just take a keeper off easy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so and she rolls all saves against other keepers as well and hits if she gets a spell off. So she's very good. Um, but I put my Hellstriders over there 
And I think it dawned on Andy probably turn two when they ran over and took the 10 nets off. And I got two points that he was now on the clock because I wanted to put pressure on him for him to come into me. Yeah, because now you're scoring. Yeah. Unless he goes and enacts one of your objectives to score two, yeah. you're always going to win that game. Yeah, and at that point, I thought, okay, if I can get one, maybe two priorities out of the next three, then I can wrap this up. Um, but it didn't go that way. Andy kept getting the priorities and he kept, and every turn was great from Andy, you know, and we did take, so we one turns one and two, we were over in like five minutes. Yeah, we had two hours left. Um, but when Andy rolled priority to three, I did say, I just said to him, look, two hours, take your time because you will, I'm glad you've won the role because one of us has to be the aggressor now, right? One of us has to figure out how we're going to start dictating this game and just, just take a little bit extra time to decide what you want to do. So, you know, we three turns three and four were a bit longer because of the interaction with the locust. I activated on his Uber Keeper because I think Andy made one big mistake where I charged my Thermal Rally Keeper into, into two nets that were screening his Uber Keeper. We locusted each other. But he didn't locust the Rally Keeper. I charged my General in, so we had to locust him. So I went with Shalaxi on the other corner of the unit and he removed the nets in front of his Uber Keeper and I piled in with my Thermal Rider Keeper. And I basically left him on one wound with my claws to go. And... I rolled two hits, one was a six, so went to three, and then I rolled three ones and twos. And I was absolutely gutted because that was his ma- major keeper. And because you're in Shaish, he can kill the nets to heal fall back up. Yeah, yeah, because he can use the command ability um, to heal, yeah. I was absolutely gutted at that point, and I was like, oh. And then, yeah, so it's one of those really where... I love doing that with um, like Nagash and then you just bring the models back. Yeah, so I knew how important missing on those three claws were. And I felt, when I, wound, when I got the six, I thought, oh, I only need one wound, right? Um, and obviously it didn't happen. So that, again, prolonged the game a little bit more. Um, but again, came out of that with a major win. Delighted to, to get through that because it's a super tough game. And at this point, I was starting to get the mental fatigue. You know, it's, it's five, yeah. five games, five you know, hard games against players who are trying to play to win as well. And then I was matched against George, who's the Greek team ETC captain with his Beast of Chaos army in the final, who had just drawn against Chris, his change host. Yeah. So he was still four in a draw. He hadn't lost, and neither had Chris, but I got drawn against George. Uh, and that was on the stream, game six. And I knew I was a major win ahead. I was the only 5-0 and player in the hall at that time. Um, and then... Yeah, it was it was like if I could win this game, I would win the event. I think I would. I was comfortable that if I got to six, I had a I had a six point lead on. And that that draws like Christmas, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes and no, because he had the ball and the spell. So yeah, but happened, as long as he that doesn't undo you, you're fine, right? Yeah, and I so 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 we deployed, and I felt he was one drop. He had two thirty best of goals. He had two six and nine, and he had the ball. He had the Zangor Shaman, and I thought this is going to come down to the ball, right? If he can cast the ball, then he can come in. If he can't cast the ball, then he can't. And you know when someone deploys, and you just feel like no matter what happens, they're coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if all their spells don't go off. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I put two five health striders on the line because I thought. I asked him how far the Beast Best Deal could go with the run and charge. And I thought, if I just move them two inches back, it's about an eight-inch charge, but they get plus one. And he should get one or two in, yeah? Which brings them closer to me. So it makes it look more appetizing to come in. Um, and then I also put my three keepers on the line, but I put my little Longor Raiders in, in, in front. 
Yeah. So they did the little pre-game move and I scattered them so that the Lightning couldn't land. So if the Lightning did charge, they weren't going to hit the keepers. But it looked like you maybe you could, right? But they would never yeah. get within an inch of me. Um, and I was like in Locust them as well, obviously. And I was like, if the ball does hit me, they can't hit me. And they certainly won't get all three, for sure. So yeah. So it was a little bit of bait, you know, using the old Westfield bait trick. And then <laughs> George's first turn, he takes the turn, obviously. Both best of God comes steaming down the side. He rolls to cast his ball and gets a six and a one. He drinks the Zangor potion, re-rolls the one into a one, and I unbind it. At that point, I think he should have just gone, I'll move 130 best of God in front of me and score four in focal points, the middle of his. Yeah. Move the other 30 behind them, move my yeah. back and just wait. Yeah, yeah. Because I've only got three models and two units of Hellstriders. But instead... Just do it with bodies, right? Yeah. And instead, the Bestigors both come down the flanks. They they struggle to kill. They take off four Hellstriders from each, but I rolled double six Battleshock in both. So they they removed. And then the Keepers just take off two thirties in my turn. And then... So he's basically stuck with two units of Ten Ungor, two Bray Shamans, and two Six Enlightened. But he failed to cast the bull again. So he just moved them all to the back of the board. And surrendered the board to me, and at that point it was over because I was just in his yeah. path, summoning onto my mid board, and I was like just sending in one keeper at a time. China just took his enlightened off, and like, and and then he did cast the ball. It moved, it could, and I, it could only hit one keeper because I'd moved the others out of range. And then because he won the roll off, because I lost every prior roll, I just moved the ball away. Yeah. So he he didn't even try and dispel it because I thought, oh, he's going to try and dispel and dispel it, then cast it again. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay. And then when I saw that happen, I just thought, okay. And then the other two keepers come running over, and that was it. So it was a major win. At that point, it still didn't sink in because I thought I didn't know everyone else in the hall was. I also knew that Chris George's previous opponent had won and drawn. Um, So yeah, it was yeah, it was interesting, but uh, it was great to like come away with a major win and a bit surreal, really, because you just sort of stood in the hall thinking, just won game six, you know. There's a good chance for a podium here. Yeah. Uh, well, you should you should basically. I mean, I know soft scores could be a factor, but the the fact that you're you got all your agendas and you're on your max game, it you'll you'll be very unlikely that you don't get any like game or army votes. You know. Yeah, but but like I said before, I was thinking, you know, I don't inspect many sports votes because of playing Slanesh. So I was like, you know, I've won six games. Um, and I'll, we'll see how it falls because if someone's won five and drawn and got four sports, they'll pit me. Mm. So we'll just have to see how it goes. But that's when I was surprised when I got the four sports because I was like, that's crazy. You know, it's obviously nice to see, but it was crazy. Um, and yeah, I couldn't believe it. You know, when, because Byron got second. Yeah, with his bone splitters. Yeah, because Byron, you know, play Byron, it's a lovely guy and he got a load of, you know, a load of sports scores. Um, so he jumped, yeah. he jumped up to second. Um, and when I saw his name come up on second, I was like, oh, it's gonna, he's going to be me. Because I thought, you know, maybe Byron yeah. won it or any, you know, anyone could have won it. Um, and it was just amazing to win. Just absolutely, absolutely amazing. Like, Because when I won at Heat 1, you know, we were both sat together. Um, yeah. And I just thought, because you were like, oh, I've never won a gold score. And I was like, yeah, but I never know when I win another one. You know, it's so difficult to win one. Yeah, yeah, and to get, I think the um, like, amazing that that was the heat where I uh, I got done done into third, wasn't it? So. Yeah, by the sports, and because it, it can happen, right? That, that's the stuff that happens, and I was like, so that's why I was just, I was just so, I mean, I was just absolutely made up. Uh, yeah, I still got two and two, like 
sports and paint, which I think is okay, but that's is what it is. Um, but yeah, you came first, and Byron was second, and Laurie was in third with Sylvaneth. Um, and then uh, painting wise, Terry took that out, so that was congrats to him. Shocking, um, shocking. <laughs> uh, Sam Saunders had like quite a few uh, of the painting awards in the yeah he had his like, category as well. Aspertonians and came second. Yeah, I think. very cool. Uh, and then uh, I can't remember what was in third for painting, but oh. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Do you remember? No, I'm not sure. With the painting awards, I was probably texting Richie or something. I don't know. <laughs> you were too busy, yeah. like, yeah. being all like, I've won, I've won. Look <laughs> at me, look at me. Um, oh, just, I, I was too, too busy texting Richie. Like, yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, can't remember. Sorry, guys. But I know that if you go to Seabren's Twitter or on the Games Workshop uh, One More World page, it's all up on there anyway. Yeah. So, go to places so. to check that out. Yeah, I mean it was uh yeah, it was good. I mean I had fun. Uh it was a bit bit long of long day, a bit difficult getting back home. Uh Terry was really ill, Les was really ill. Uh Les dropped out on the second day because he was in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um Byron had loads of issues with his car, so I kinda of felt like I got away with it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I every time someone came to the table they had a new problem, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. I haven't got I haven't got any problems. It's fine. Um, My summer with Sinesh, though, right? It's like, because obviously I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Sinesh, we're going to win the event. I'm like, well, would they have, though? Because Slayers counter them. Uh, the Daughters of Cain players would turn counter them. The Storm Fiends. Oh, Daughters don't counter them. Well, the six inch pile is massive, right? Yeah, but no, no one plays it, right? Yeah, but Summer does with the sisters. He, it definitely does. And then. There's yeah, the witch elves sure right. They don't have it, but it's still difficult because you can't kill them all, and they can attack in their hero phase, and they, it's still a tough matchup. Because no, you just you just turned the cauldron off, mate. Well, it's hard. I'm to, just kidding. I'm kidding. It's hard to get to, but yeah, uh, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. You just take the mirrors. Celeste, mate. It's all good. The amount of times in games where I've described to people what my army does, they look. Yeah, I I I I understand. It's tough, especially if they got Marafi. Yeah, but, they, they, but my opponents, they look at you and you go, okay, this is what my army does. You know, okay. And then they run and charge into you anyway. And then you roll the two up and then you hit them. And they're like, oh, that sucks. I'm like, but you knew it did that. And I'm like, you know. I think the problem is some armies don't have an answer to that. No, it's different when I come to you. If, you're, if your army only fights, right? So you're playing death. What can you do other than fight? But you can't fight because you go last and you get yeah. killed. What I mean is, it's so you've got you've literally got no option other than to take your models off. Potentially, but I, I, it's, you got to let me come to you, right? You can sort of screen me, regurgitate units, debuff me with. Yeah, but but screen you to charge you to go last to be taken off. It's like the only way you can do it is if you gang up on one. Yeah, well, no. But when people run free and run them in a ball, what do you do? Well, that's another thing. No one was multi-charging me um, at all. And even in games where I thought my opponent could do or would know to, I kept them together because I was like, okay, I've got three locusts here. If you come in with four units, you can attack with one, sure. Um, but more often than not, that's really hard for some armies to do. Um, so three keepers running around as a hunting pie is, I mean, if you've never felt power like that before, that is like such an intimidating feeling. And those three did like ridiculous work. I mean, for me, 
Like, if you're, I mean, I think some, there are answers to it for sure. There are ways around it, but they're not available to everyone. And for me, that, that, that's a problem, especially when you're, it's such a negative play experience. Yeah. And like, and like, yeah, you can have a really good game, close game with Sinesh against an army that has those tools, but if they don't have those tools, it's just so one-sided. It's not, it's not fun. That's just my experience. That's why I didn't want to play it. I was like, because I don't want to go to somebody and go, you know, they, they just basically, you it's not interactive because you go with everything first. No, absolutely, I agree. And, there's, and it's like, well... I went with Sam, right? Like, it is, Sam was like, what could I have done differently? I was like, hope I roll a one. That is his yeah. only out. I mean, exactly. There's nothing really he can do. So they are super, super boogeyman right now. The rules are very strong. Um, I, I mean, that's why I played the corn because I thought at least I can beat Sonesh with that. Yeah, and there are, but if I if I played Feck, you know, I'm not playing Gristlegore Strike first, whatever. That's really tough for me. Yeah. I just think it's an auto loss. Even if you are playing Feck Gristlegore, I'll just keep my keepers together. You, yeah, yeah, exactly, you, exactly. You can locus one, so you so you no longer strike first. So you have to so you go into one right, and then I kill you anyway, and you can't. You can't uh, call to war because you've already attacked, mm-hmm. and I get depravity. So I'll make that trade with you every day of the week. Yeah, no, and you because you just you killed me and you, I kill you. You've got enough depravity to put your model back on. Yeah, and you can't you can't hunt the heroes. You can't get through it. No, the only the only way you can really beat it is it because of the summoning and because of the models you you can bring on from the edges is to have enough stuff. And speed to basically outscore. Yeah, just uh, blister king could probably outrun me and score. But at some point, if I the objectives aren't that far apart, right? If I just go off and get them, sometimes. But then you're not slow. That's the problem. Yeah, even one keeper's fine though, right? Like against most units, one keeper on objective is enough. Because you're flying thermal rider cloak guy with a run charge is what movement eighteen. Yeah, so thermal rider is eighteen with a charge plus one in Godseekers, and um, the running charge general is twenty with a charge plus one for Godseekers. Yeah, and Shalaxi can go still go fourteen and then charge with plus one. Yeah, so it's like this is not it's not easy to get away from them, and then they will kill any unit pretty much in a flesh eater army in one hit. Yeah, certainly if you need more than one, you can just put more than one keeper into it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like it's just so. It's so tough, and you can't even really screen properly because it doesn't matter that you screen because you can still make them go last and then pile in and attack them anyway. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's awful because, like, if I attack your screen and only kill a bit, you have to leave your screen there within three of me because it's a screen. Yeah, but I'm just I... piling around and hit the thing on the hit anyway. Yeah, but now I go again. I pile around the liberator into the, into like. Against James's army into into the into the and because you haven't had a chance to pile in, you can't even pin them to stop them moving. Yeah, so you're in complete control of that sequence of the game. So I think um, for me, like I can't play Legion and the Gash right now. No, I just it's just not a list I can put on the table. I played my I played my Legion of Grief against uh, JP Slanesh in the club, and I actually couldn't even Van Hells and go into anything. I played a practice game with Ton for the ETC and it was just like, it, it was like, he didn't have a chance. And I was just like, 
this is Tom, right? This is this this is a guy who who is a very very good player, and it it wasn't even there was nothing there. It was just like that. This didn't yeah. This didn't right. Didn't feel right. Yeah. But, They're in a very strong place at the minute. I think um I think the problem is is when someone's got three keepers, it's really hard to do anything about it. Yeah, you have. If they got one, it's okay, right? Three is the magic number because I can lose two. Because of the song? <laughs> no, I can lose two, still have one, and summon another back. Yeah, exactly. And the problem is, is that two, if I really, if I've got one, if I lose two and I've got one, I've still really got I, two. I don't think there is a more efficient way to spend those points in that army. For three hundred and sixty points, there is nothing else you can buy in that army that comes close to the efficiency of buying a keeper. No. No, he's they. They were so good, and like the, it feels a bit like. Do you remember Tony used to run his Grisogore and put the doppelganger on the line with the yeah. general and saying, "I can go first or second, but you cannot touch these two models." Do you know what it feels like? It feels like there's three Grisogore terrorgeist on the table. Yeah, and I when I put all three down, um, that feeling of because again I deploy on the line, going, "Yeah, but you're not going to come into me, are you?" So. There's no real reason for me to deploy deep unless you've got shooting. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no other deterrent, is there? Really? Because they just put them in a ball and put them in the middle of the table. Yeah, and then I just and then from that line they just run forward, and it's because you're, you're you're it doesn't matter that they charge you. It does that does not matter. Yeah, they're just seriously seriously strong. Unless you've got something like super resilient that can take it, but I I couldn't name many things in the game that could do that. No, Richie's gits at minus three to hit have, in practice, been probably the only thing, and that's only because of the minus three to hit. I think you could do it with um, daughters with the five-up rerollable. Yes, daughters could also yeah. do it, and the six-inch pilot with the sisters obviously just deletes my list. So I'm sure you probably just go through a great and clean one. I imagine. Oh yeah, like like he's got his he's got his he's got his four-up five-up, but you just go in with Shalaxi and another one, right, and then just take it off. Yeah, because that's four activations. You're going to kill it. Right? Yeah, and Shalaxi's minus two. She's two, she's twos twos minus three six before the claws. Um, so you you're taking six five ups just off that. Um, and the problem the problem is as well, like a lot of stuff that can do damage in a death army at range is bravery based, and your bravery ten. Yeah, just demons, isn't it's it? Just it's just I don't know. I I just keep looking at my death book, going, I can't actually compete when Slash is on the table. No, and that's I think that's probably it's a tough place to be for Sanesh because the army's not inherently broken, but it is super, super strong because probably of the locust roll. You know, it's that's one of the things perhaps like it has it's so strong in its favour. But but again, fantastic to play the army. I know how strong it is and how posed but it was the first time I sort of channeled my inner Jack Armstrong and I was like Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to take the best army in the meta and see how that goes. And it went really well. Um, and just, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, not trying to take anything away from you. I mean, you you took the army to win the event and you did it and you got enough favourite game votes to show you did it in a nice way. So, yeah. And that's the thing I thought, if I'm playing this army, I'll play it the right way. You know, I'm not going to be beating up on people. I'm not, you know, saying take it off or any of that stuff. You know, we're going to have a good game. And obviously I'm bringing filth, but, you know, that's just part of it. It's, it's the grand final. It's it's what you know. I'm, I'm I'm trying to win the event, and I just thought if I am really a great player, I should be able to take one of the best armies and do well. And I, and I did. So uh, you know exactly what Jack does, or what all top players do. So 
I thought I wanted to do that because I didn't want to just play my Deepkin all year. Um, so yeah, it was really, really good, really good to win. Um, I still think it'd be sweet if you took Deepkin and won it with Deepkin. I know, and part of me is like, if I'd have known there was no hero missions beforehand, I'd have definitely taken my Deepkin. I do you think? Do you think Deepkin would you would have beat Andy in the, with Deepkin in that mission? Yes. Yeah. My speed would have killed him. Um, I don't struggle against nets. I can zap the keepers so they don't do five damage. I'd be very comfortable against the pretenders list. Um, three keepers would be a problem because Andy's only got two, and I can sort of deal with that. Uh, and my Reaver shooting is good in the matchup. Um, I think I'd be fine. High tide as well gives me a window. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think so. But I I I didn't take them because I thought if I place the Nash in a hero mission, I can't win. Because I had that game with Andy Hall, and I've had a few games with JP um, in practice in hero missions, and you just can't get the keepers off the objectives to get your heroes on. Yeah. It's just, it becomes so difficult, and I thought the Hall would have a lot of Slanesh players, and that's why I thought, take Slanesh, and I'll just play the mirrors and see how I do. Because, um, yeah, I just thought with my Deepkin, the heroes are just too... Because Eidolon are just too expensive, right? I can't, I can't take them. Mm. So, yeah, that was my thinking. Um, Interesting, there wasn't that many Sunesh there, was there? No, because everybody knew the whole was hunting them. You know, Stormfiends are out in full force. Archeon was leading the corn charge. Daughters of Cain were everywhere. Yeah, so I think people were deterred by that, right? Um, people had got off it because they thought, you know, oh, I'll get hard countered. And that's why I tweeted saying, I'm just going to take it and be the boogeyman everyone wants. Come shoot me. And then it didn't happen. That's that. Well, anyway. Congratulations. Well done on the win. Thank you. And um, I think we can put a pin in it for this show, but thanks for coming on again. There you go. So if you're not, not playing Sinesh, then you just need a um, need a gun or a six-inch piling. <laughs> and even then it might not be enough. If they... And even then it's probably not enough. They're coming for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, anyway, uh, thanks for listening and we'll be back soon. Right, thanks, see ya. Cheers, bro. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.